Hello, everybody. Mariner here. Gabe and I are on the beach. Who <laughs> doesn't know what, what the hell's hit him? Well, but I, 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 have, I, have a, I have a cider here, so that's... Excellent. Well, <laughs> you, you've been on the beach today already. I saw you caught the sun there. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming that time of year, like say April, May, we get good weather, June, July, August, it just rains. But you know, if you have a shave, you might get sunburnt, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, chins, the chins aren't great, like. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, Hibbo. Good, good to have you on again. Um, Gabe, how are you, mate? I'm 100% on the beach. I'm, I'm doing well because of it, though. I, I honestly have... I've been so disillusioned with, with everything this week. I've only watched highlights, um, but I feel I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling, um, you know, downtrodden or anything. Well, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. I've already had all my woes of uh, what's been going on in the game week on the Compass Show. So even even I'm in a better mood, having been told off by Hippo for being too negative. <laughs> <laughs> it was the positivity police. Yeah. Get you. <laughs> uh, you, you have to, you have to stay positive. Like you know, you, uh, like you're in a good spot in terms of your overall rank. Yeah. And I think like just a focus on the negative. Like no, like look at the last few game weeks and just go for your best ever finish because I think that's what you want for anyway. Just go for that. Yeah, I am now. Yeah, it's exactly best ever finished. If I can just you know, you know one under it, I, I'm not bothered. You know, literally. Mm -hmm. But anyway, right. Let's crack on, boys. I suppose um, just the usual sort of stuff. Um, we're net that hole. Um, this is the matchup show. We're going to look at game week 33 and we're going to look at the fixture difficulty now for the running. Um, we are getting towards the business end of the season. Some of us wish it finished early, and <laughs> some of us are still trying to sort ourselves out. But anyway, we're going to have a look at that. We've got Hibbo to break the template with his hammer, Hibbo's hammer. That's just being christened, actually, I think, just now on uh, on Twitter. We've got Gabe to do his matchups, but I have absolutely no idea what he's going to do. So <laughs> this is going to be entertaining. So there's a, uh, reason, there's a reason why I haven't shared any of it, because when, when, when I start talking, I'm like, where is he going? Right. <laughs> no one's going to care. <laughs> Outstanding. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to do the fixture difficulty. Um, so, yeah, if you like what you're seeing, uh, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, and also... Um, we are a pod as well, so if you want to uh, catch us on there, uh, just go to where you're uh, listening to your pods. It'll be there. And on Apple Podcasts, I think uh, Nima suggested it's the only one where you can leave a review, so please leave a nice one. I think that's all we'll say, really, for that. So where do we start, boys? I suppose we start with the fixture difficulty, as usual. So uh, let us move across to, to that and... This is where we were at the, start of the, at the start of the game. So looking at this, we've got, um, just to explain as usual, between um, 0 and 7, 0 being the best, 7 being the worst for attack and defence. So uh, as of last week, at the start of this game week, um, Man United have a uh, now a rank 1. Now, of course, we are waiting still for the uh, game tonight, the Leicester game. So this could change slightly. But Man United first one, Chelsea 1.1, Man City 1.8, Leicester 2.3, Liverpool 2.4, West Ham 2.4. And at the bottom of the attack, Sheffield United 5.6, Aston Villa, Palace, Brighton and Fulham all 4.4 to 4.7. 
So we've got, I think we've got a bit of a divide starting to appear now. We look like we've got Man United and Chelsea standing out from the perspective of attacking teams, but certainly with respect to the numbers. And I would say Sheffield United standing out at the bottom. And then we've got sort of like three or four who, quite frankly, if you were matched up against them, you could be getting a clean sheet. What do you, what do you reckon, boys? I'm, I'm surprised Villa is so low in, in the attack. In the yeah. attack. I, 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 I think their sliding. stats are not good. What's no. that? They've been sliding now for weeks. Yeah. And yeah, this is all down to Grealish. All down to Grealish yeah. there, I think. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how... It, well, I don't think he, he might not be back. Some of those fixtures are not great, right? Right. And, and, then, the, and, and then the other one that stands out is... Wasn't Brighton like third a couple of weeks ago? They were they? Or, or was that only in defence? That might have been defence. I think we're about tenth. Mm. So Brighton are sliding. I have slid quite a bit as well, though. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Palace are, are now bottom, and that Sheffield United aren't. They, they were they were greater than seven, weren't they? They um, were on the defence. Yeah. On the defence side of things, yeah, that's right. Palace have dropped. But bear in mind, the way it works, as I've explained to people, one drop, a result drops off and a result comes on. Yeah. So yeah there's yeah. always going to be, it's a relatively small sort of window of six game weeks. So, of course, if they've got, if they've got a hammer in somewhere, like Southampton did earlier in the season, they would have, they really struggled at one stage. Yeah, yeah. So we have to, it's like anything, you look at it in context, uh, and then the numbers are just the numbers. It doesn't mean to say that it's the yeah. be-all and end-all of everything. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, you mentioned defence, uh, Hibbo. So let's look at the defence and say Crystal Palace now bottom 6.6, .6, Sheffield United 6.2, Burnley 6.2, and then a gap to Southampton at five, and then another gap to Spurs, Villa, Newcastle, West Ham, Everton, all around the four mark. Again, it's polarising. I think now we are very much in a situation where we have clear, I'll show this on the fixture difficulty in a minute, we've got clear targets, I think, starting to appear for for uh, for defensive, for targeting, particularly for captaincies, I would suggest. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, defensively-wise, keeping a clean sheet, more likely Chelsea, although not if you uh, own Aspen Twitter like me. Um, Brighton... Um, sorry, yeah, Man City, Brighton, Leicester, and Wolves now. Wolves now. So they're mm -hmm. now they're now showing up on the uh, on as a positive, which was interesting because we were worried about them a few weeks ago, weren't we? But they have now dragged their way up with respect to the defensive fixture difficulty. Um, any comments on that, boys? I think I think like looking at the the, the team at the bottom of your FDR for defence. Like there, there's a bit of narrative at the minute that Southampton, Burnley, and Palace are effectively on the beach because they're relatively safe in terms of total points. And Sheffield United are down. So I, I think Sheffield United are just potentially just going to get pumped at some stage in the, in the running. Mm -hmm. And this running, see these last game weeks, there's always some team that gets bit like 5-1, 5-0, 6-1-7-1. And I think it's going to be Sheffield United because I don't think they're going to have any fight left on them. Not, they don't have any during the season. Now the motivation's gone. They're down. I think, I think somebody's going to give them an absolute pace. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's, it, 
I mean, Crystal Palace, like like I say, I, I think they they're really up for a kicking now. To be honest, I, I I don't know what you you know. I think so. Interestingly enough, um, Everton not great. Four, you know. I seen I was watching uh, the Wire tonight, and people were still talking about perhaps bringing Everton defenders in. I'm I'm not. I don't get that. That's my own honest view. I don't really get that. I think to be clear, I think we're basically around the teams with something to play for in defence. If you look, you've got Chelsea, you've got Man City, Brighton, Leicester, maybe not so much those, Man United. They've all got something to play for, haven't they? Yeah. Well, I think mm -hmm. I think the Everton defender thing's gonna be basically around the fact that the Dublin thirty five, well, they're projected to Dublin thirty five and they're guaranteed not to blank on thirty six. And like to be honest, I'm glad that I've got Mason Hogan, you know, delighted. Yeah, I mean they've got a good fixture. Is it thirty-six? It's your start. They actually have really good fixtures like over the over the next period. Like, you know, you're looking you're looking yeah, you're looking at do. Everton. Arsenal's difficult this week, but then they've got Villa, West Ham, Sheffield United, and then in the Sheffield United week they're they're gonna gain a fixture there as well. Like, you know, so yeah. it's it's not it's not bad, but like here's the thing about Everton. It's hard to get excited about them, like Digne. He promises so much, but he's kind of expensive for what he is. Like, mm -hmm. And then and the, the other thing to compare him to is, you know, some people, we were talking about this before the show, <clears throat> bringing, you know, talking about Spurs defense. And look how low Spurs defense are, is is there. Um, so, I mean, Everton's certainly a better shout than, than anyone on Spurs. Yeah. Well, but yeah, and, and Spurs, like you say, you know, we didn't predict they'd keep a clean sheet, and they didn't. Um, if we move on to the, uh, the fixture difficulty, and I've just got some, this is obviously the, um, if we look at the the matchups over the next few weeks, and we can clearly see here that, uh, as I said, target Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, Burnley, possibly Southampton as well. Um, it's a bit noisy. <laughs> Is that me? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Are they on the beach as well? Everyone's on the beach right now. <laughs> um, I mean, look, I've just made a few notes on here. You know, Chelsea look excellent if you can pick the right one. I think, you know, that's the way I look at it. Plus 2.1 average for attack, plus 1.7 for defence. Very good. Green. You can see that on the here on the screen there. You know, very, very nice green fixture difficulties. Um, Liverpool attack. 2.5 against defence, minus 0.5. Liverpool attack over defence. Man United attack over defence, 2.3 over 0.5. Man City attack over defence, 1.9 over 1. West Ham attack over, attack over defence, 1.8 over 0.8, minus 0.8. And Leicester to a slightly lesser extent. Looks like the place to invest is in attack. Is what I what I would take out from that, with respect to the teams that you're possibly targeting. Um, we can't miss the pretty tasty matchups for uh, City and Spurs in in 34. Look, City against Palace plus 4.7. <laughs> that could be a cricket score. Um, yeah, Spurs against Sheffield United 2.6. West Ham against Burnley 3.8. Some really nice matchups in 34. Um, and you're gonna bring in from city though, right? Uh, well, this is the problem is that it's all well and good saying they've got great matchups, but who are you gonna bring in? Yeah, 
So it's nice to look at, but in real terms, what are we going to do about it? Um, 35, Man United, Villa, Liverpool, Southampton, great matchups. 36, Everton, Hibbo, you mentioned, Sheffield United, uh, Leeds against Burnley is a good matchup in 36. And 37, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Burnley, Newcastle. Newcastle, Palace in 37 is a really, really strong matchup. But what I wanted to just also mention, and I've just highlighted them in red, we're talking about beach teams. I think Southampton are targetable. They don't look good, like you know. They they don't. They, I kind of think anybody that's that's got a decent point total at the minute, and they're sitting maybe around mud enough table. Like I think, why are they going to try? Like you know, it's we yeah. see this all the time. Like you know, they just tail off. And, we we saw. Remember Everton at the end of last season, they were abject. <laughs> even I mean, even Ancelotti, even Ancelotti on the sideline was on the beach. He didn't seem disinterested. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Southampton have played, they've obviously got Leicester in 34, Liverpool in 35, Fulham in 36 at the moment. I'm obviously depending on what they're going to do with these bloody fixtures and God knows what they're going to do with that, but I'm ignoring that. They're going to play them at some stage. Um, Leeds in 37 and West Ham in 38. I, I really quite like the idea of tag. I, I think Southampton are one of those teams that I might target, mm. I think now. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Interesting, the attack over defence side of things. That's that's well, something that jumped out at me. It, it's shifted from about a month ago, a few weeks back. Remember when it was all it was all towards the defence, and now it's all back to to attack. But it's nice strange. to see this in in the in the FDR color coded the way it is with, yeah, with the shape. Strange and, and 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 one yeah. thing that's not been there's not been many clean sheets, have there? Mm -mm. So that might be. Yeah, is that is that the is this is this all starting to come to uh, come to pass sort of thing? Um, Hibbo, any any comments before we move on on to the next? No, I think we've I think we've covered it all there. I oh, think it's all right, brilliant. Well, what we're doing now then is we just look at the rankings of teams for the next for the running. Okay, so now we are literally we've stripped it right back to bare bones, and we're saying the top ranked defenses, the top rank, the bottom rank. Top attack, bottom, top and bottom, okay? So, right, okay. Top ranked attack now for the fixture difficulty. So if I was doing a fixture tick, uh, ticker, uh, Hibbo, Liverpool, top, Man United, second, Chelsea, Man City, West Ham, Leicester, Everton at the top. At the bottom, Brighton now, Villa, Palace, Sheffield United, Fulham and Wolves. Spurs not that much further up, but that's obviously probably the uh, the, the death spiral of Mourinho still being in uh, in in full effect. Uh, as, as I'm sure you're happy about that, Gabe. Um, you, did predict, <laughs> you did predict his demise. It, it was as as sure as death. Yeah, and 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 just defensively wise, if we just look at best ranked defense: Chelsea, City, United, Brighton, still um, Wolves. Leicester and Arsenal, and at the bottom, counting up Palace, Sheffield United, Burnley, Southampton, Villa, Fulham. So I, I think it's fairly set in stone now. I don't think this is going to change an awful lot now between now and the end of the season. Slowly but surely, we've got a fewer games. Games are going to start dropping off the ticker. I think we're just going to see this probably just polarise now. And I think we are concentrating on the top five and the bottom five for each section. If I was to try and 
say where we'd, we'd probably be going. Um, Gabe, any comments on uh, on the on the ranks? Does I mean, it make you think about anything? So, two two things come to mind. One, do we target um, defenses that are playing Brighton? I, for some reason, that I don't know why that like that doesn't sit well with me. I still I still feel like Brighton could do something. They are you know the team with the stats and you know the the all fart no poo team of the season. Um, so that that could come, you know, they, they could show up at any time. And then the other thing, and it's not for for this this game week, but obviously for for next game week for thirty four. I mean, we have number one attack against number two attack, and how exciting is that? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. But if you look at Brighton, apart from game week thirty three, they play Leeds, Wolves, West Ham, City, and then Arsenal. So not that yeah you can probably see why it's yeah it doesn't like them i think they're i think they're about safe anyway but i think if if they yeah if they're not they're probably going to might might find it a bit tough um i, I think the fixtures for brighton are actually all right like you know i, I know yeah. we're kind of i know we're looking here towards the end of the season and game week 38 but kind of looking at the next four like you're talking say Sheffield united leeds wolves yeah west ham but what i would say is i don't think about buy a brighton attacker you know, it's no. Trussard, maybe. No. I know I know people I know people within the chat groups and stuff like that were fairly keen on Trussard the last time they had a blank game week and he definitely he's kind of flew under the radar. Nobody's really talking about him because maybe longer term they don't think he's a great pick, but I guess Sheffield United leads the week after, I think he could be all right. Yeah. Well I mean I, I I'm the same. I, I if I've got this I've been working on this algorithm i've showed you a couple of times on the whatsapp group i'm working on this little algorithm to try and predict the top goals top point scorers per week and you know just a bit of a spoiler um there's three brighton defenders in it for next, for this week right. well, two brighton defenders and a goalkeeper actually right veltman <laughs> duncan sanchez it loves them it's a brilliant matchup for brighton this week Mm -hmm. um it really is a fantastic but like you said but the, the forwards don't really they, they don't really show so that mm -hmm. that just shows doesn't it that i think defensively they're very strong but i think they're a bit misfiring um i think they have to break the, break the break the bank for a girl really like you know well they need someone i mean they, they need someone don't they we had this conversation the other week that um i mean that they had glenn murray didn't they a year or two ago who was Glenners. Yeah, I mean, well, really, I, they do struggle. They do struggle with a striker. Hibbo mentioned uh, Gale, and you, you just hit the nail on the head on, on the player that I was writing about last night. I'm like, what am I doing? So, well, we'll hear more about Gale later. Fantastic! Right, brilliant. I'll take me out. I'll throw me out away now. So <laughs> you, can, you can. I'll. I'll. I'll warn you all. You can all fall asleep. And I'll wake <laughs> you up when it's over. Oh God! And uh, yes. Uh, so that's that bit. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look at the fixtures coming up. And um, Hibbo, if you want to see if there's any questions which relate to these, we'll try and answer them as we go if we can. Um, so if there's yeah. anything in the, if there's anything in the uh, in the groups, um, I'll start popping them in the chat as well. Yeah, I was say. So we'll, we'll we'll see if we can just answer them as we go. Um, so let's start with. Uh, so okay, Arsenal against Everton. So that's the first game. So, and what I've done this week is I've actually put mine and Nima's predictions down as well, just so that you can see what we'd actually predicted. Um, so 
I'll start from the back. I predicted a 2-1 Everton win. And Nima has predicted a 2-1 Arsenal win, probably because he's an Arsenal fan. But anyway, uh, there we go. Um, Arsenal attack 2.7 against Everton defence 4. So that's positive for Arsenal. Everton attack 2.9 against Arsenal defence 3.5. That's also positive, but not quite as much. Um, just screams I, to me that it screams to me that both of them are going to score. I, I agree. It no. just looks like the defenses are not doing much. They're not great, right? I can't. I'd be surprised if there's a clean sheet. But I'd also say that you know the attacks are okay, but they're not. They're not necessarily tearing totally tearing trees up. They're not doing too badly. You are eighth and tenth. There's a, there was a bit of, there was a bit of news. Sorry to cut you off, Gabe. There's a bit of news during yep. the week. They say that I think Oba and maybe like I said, they're both going to miss a game for Arsenal, so they might have Erin Akete or somebody up front, or maybe Mark Neal. I don't know if he's fit or what the story is, like you know. But Arsenal aren't going to be full strength in attack either. So no. So well, maybe I'm maybe I'm going to be right then with that two-one win. Maybe I'm going to be getting another beer out of Nima when I finally get to London. <laughs> Well, the other the other thing is, um, I, I think I see this as a DCL game as well. If he's healthy, I don't know if he is healthy, um, because our Arsenal concede a lot from the center center of the pitch, and we know um, holding likes to to ball watch. So, uh, so I could see like a, a cheeky header, one touch finish kind of thing. Um, if he's if he's not healthy, uh, even even Richarlison running running at that at that back line, I think uh, could cause some damage. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't, it, and and then to, to touch on Hibble's point on, on Ketia, this is a player I, I love him Ketia as, as a player. He's he's been at Arsenal, went up through the youth system a long time, and Arsenal fans really like him as well. But I think I think he's 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 a talented player that that could provide some um, some returns if if he can get some real time. But I I don't think he'll last very long in that starting job once Lacazette comes back. I think Neymar I think Neymar quite likes Martinelli, doesn't he? I think I'm sure I've heard him say he quite like yeah. he quite likes him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think I, I agree with you, Hippo. I think losing Lacazette and Orber is a and, and is Odegaard still is he? Well? I think he's potentially like you know he's a doubt anyway, as far as I can get yeah. like looking, looking at the pressure he's stuff yeah. today. So yeah, um. so that could be a tough that could be a tough day in the office. I think possibly for them. Um, all right, so that's that one. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, Liverpool against Newcastle. So Liverpool's attack, as we've said, is really good. 2.4 against Newcastle defence, 4.1. That's positive 1.7. Newcastle, Newcastle attack, 3.1. Liverpool defence, 3.5. Liverpool's defence is not great. And I've, there's, a, there's been a question about uh, TAA and whether TAA is a captain shout this week. For me, uh, spoiler alert, I put him in the metric. He's nowhere near. No. And the reason I mean, no, no. because of the, the way the metric works is it looks at the clean sheet likelihood, and mm -hmm. then it looks at the attacking stuff as the, as the as the extra as the extra bit for a defender. You see, and and Newcastle's attack has been much improved in recent weeks, um, but, certainly in the past two. So, but then we've got uh, Saint Maximan who went who certainly hobbled off, didn't he? I mean. I don't know whether we've seen any press conferences. I didn't have a chance. I've been working all evening, actually. So I've not I seen mean, in, in fairness, while well, St. Maxima has, um, and I'll, we'll get to him later in matchups as well, um, he has, sure, he has three returns in the last two. But his stats, he's, he's only played 96 minutes combined in those two games. Uh, right. And his stats aren't good. 
I'll explain why. Okay. I'll explain the discrepancy later. But um, but his his stats aren't that good. So you have to wonder how he obviously does a lot for the team, but how does he contribute exactly? And will his loss be felt that much when um, you know, Gale and Callum Wilson yeah. and, so and Joe Ellington are all playing well. <laughs> so what do you think of the predictions, um, Hibbo? Uh, 3-1 win for me for Liverpool and a 2-1 win for Neymar. I think they'll be fair enough. Like, you know, I, I think Matt Phillips and Quebec had struggled with that partnership and I think Matt Phillips is out. So you kind of wonder what they're going to do, you know. Like, are they are they going to are they going to drop Fabinho maybe back on the defence again? Because I know they, they, they are kind of fond of throwing a throwing a midfielder back away. And I think I kind of it, it puts their whole attack out of balance. Liverpool, whenever whenever they take the like a Fabinho out of the midfield, so I'd be interested to see if that's what they do. If, if because uh, Phillips, how, how long is he out for? Well, we... hopefully not long because I own him. Yeah, I don't think it's serious though. Another Mariner cock up. Now, um, I, I think that they said he's got a minor something minor. I think, but saying that. Who knows? If it's a hammy, he's, he could be out for a couple of weeks. So. What did you say? What did you say then? Three one and two one. Three one, three one. Um, I said three one and Nima two one. Right, just for to be argumentative, I'll say Liverpool will keep a clean sheet. Three 0 Fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, as I say, it, their defence is three point five. So on recent weeks, and as I say, I've I, you know I've got four results correct now in the last couple of weeks. In recent weeks, that 3.5 tells me that a team concedes normally. That's how I would normally look at it. And I think we'll slowly start to learn this as we go on. Um, uh, but, I mean, of course, Gabe, we've got uh, a certain player who's who's playing for Newcastle who might do some a bit of good. You know, he's got a nice name. What's his name again? Miguel. Mi amigo Miguel. Miguel Almiron. <laughs> it's all right. There's a request from uh, FPL Banger in the in the chat, so I thought I'd just get that one out there. He'll he'll come back into the fold. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Next one. Uh, Sheffield United against Brighton. <laughs> this is a very interesting matchup. It's bright red. Oh, have I missed one? West Ham. I have West Ham Chelsea. Let me do West Ham Chelsea first. West Ham Chelsea. West Ham two point four. Chelsea defense one point four. So. Negative for West Ham attack. Chelsea attack 1.1. West Ham defence 4.1 plus 3. So that looks a fairly, to me, it, it looks like Chelsea could turn them over. And I've gone for a 2-1. Um, now, a, a lot of the things what I've tried to do here as well, when, I, when we predicted this, and I, we said we weren't going to mention the Super League, but I'm going to mention it just in this chat. I actually thought there might be some one or two quite little strange results of teams trying to get one over on these big teams. So some of the results, some of the predictions you might see are perhaps thinking that teams might fight a bit harder against one of these top teams. Um, so that was just in my thought process when we did this at the time. But yeah, so I went for a 2-1 Chelsea win and Nima went for a nil-nil draw. Hmm. I can I can see I can see where Nima's going with this because when when West Ham have had their when when they've been struggling defensively Moyes in this season has come out with a more conservative game plan and really sat five at the back and and that change can has sometimes altered uh, West Ham stats 
but I but I don't I don't see a clean sheet. I I, I don't no. see a clean sheet for for West Ham at all. No. Um, course, even even got, if they do that, and they've got Dawson out. There's Dawson out, isn't there? And Masawaku's out. Masawaku's out. Well, Creswell's Cres Creswell was injured recently, wasn't he? Creswell's injured. Rice Rice is out, isn't he? And Miguel Antonio. Yep. So, so they, they've what, got. What are they filling the reserves? The, and, yeah, and 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 Messi Lingard. Yeah, and Lingard's flagged as well, isn't he? He's. I I really don't need like Lingard must need like. Don't talk about that. I brought him in as well. Everyone I everyone I bring in, I, I'm going to steal this. But uh, what's his name? Randy Shafter, Randy Shafter on Twitter. Randy Shafter on Twitter the other week. Uh, I love Randy. I, Randy's just amazing. To this day, this is the funniest thing I heard. But I'm going to steal it off him. So credit to Randy Shafter. My team's got more flags than an opening Olympic ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's the Mariner death spiral. The Mariner typhoon yeah. bringing them in. The <laughs> Mariner death spiral now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I yeah, think so I, I think I've been part of your downfall, Mariner, because I was talking about strawberries and cream, and ever since that, I think the creams went off. No, no, don't worry. Last week we were on about which vegetable, and I came up with Brussels sprouts. My season's gone to shit. <laughs> Oh God! Should we keep going? Sheffield United against Brighton. Right, finally, get to that one. This is a good one. This one. Sheffield United attack five point six against Brighton defense two point five. Huge three point one match up in favour of Brighton's defense and Brighton. So that's a definite binary Brewster job. And Brighton attack four point six against Sheffield United defense six point two. I, I mean, crap. Both. I. I I think Brighton will sneak it 1-0. Uh, Nima thinks it might be 2-0. What do you reckon? Uh, I think I think, I think maybe Nima's right. Yeah, yeah, it's the sort of game where I think I might watch uh, Strictly Come Dancing or something instead. <laughs> I, I, just don't, I just don't think it's the sort of game I would want to watch. Do you watch that shit, Strictly Come no, Dancing? No, of course I don't. I was thinking of something I hate. <laughs> but he'll start. He'll start just for this game. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think uh, it was Swang. Swang shared in the chat that um, so uh, the FPL Wire they did a live stream this morning. Apparently, uh, Zofar is is starting binary Brewster. Yeah, I saw that because I was on and I was actually I put a load of ones and noughts in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he doing uh, that? Did, did he lose a bet? Or <laughs> yeah. he's about to? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Well, I, do, I mean, you know, I've, I've sold him by now. I mean, must be just keep it just for, just to be bloody minded now, surely. You've got him that long. I mean, he's going to score. But he, he must score, right? We're going to have an ode to, to binary Brewster when he finally scores. We'll have a celebration. I can see this game being nil-nil, I have to say. Yeah. You know, it can't it, do much for me. It doesn't do much for me. Hmm. No. Not much at all. And this one is an interesting one as well. Burnley. The Wolves against Burnley. Wolves attack 3.5. Burnley defence 6.2. So that's big positive for Wolves attack. And Burnley attack 3.8 against Wolves defence 2.7. So, mm, as a Vidra owner, and don't get me going about that, why the hell didn't he play Vidra <laughs> last week? But... You know, I, I thought, well, maybe I might get something. And, of course, I now look at the Wolves, Wolves match-up and it's, and it's negative. That's, to me, I think Wolves have too much 
for Burnley. And I think I don't think Wolves are great, but I think they've got enough to beat them 2-0. And Nima went for a 1-0 Burnley win. So this is what we what do you think, Hibber? Maybe one all the wolves. Wolves. I tell you what. I tell you what. If you had a pile of money, just put it on it being a draw at half time because every wolves game's a draw at half time. Yeah. They, they don't score in the first half, and then you look at you look at the team at the minute. They've got like this William Jose, and they, they don't have any attackers as far as I can see. So I don't. I don't know. Um, Neto's probably their best attacker, but he's Neves. Out. He's is out he now. Neves is out, isn't he? Neves is out. Neto's Neto. out. Neto, yeah. that hall, there's no more. Uh, yeah. No, so, I mean, be, you're looking I at... I would like be saying 1-0, uh, maybe. 6. William Jose or Podencio. Or long balls to Traore. Or long balls to Traore. And goalkeepers yeah. moving out of the way for him. Hmm. That's what <laughs> it'll take. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, next one... And the last, there's only three more, thankfully, because we can move on to the next sections. Uh, Leeds against Man U. This is going to be a good game. Um, I think I fancy this for I fancy this as a, a bit of a goal fest. I think Leeds 3.4 attack, Man U defense 2.9, and Manchester United attack one against Leeds defense 3.8. I, I just this is the one I thought, Hibbo, that Leeds might want to turn up on the back of this ESL sort of announcement and I went for a 2-2 draw and Nima went for a 2-1 Leeds win <laughs> I don't know whether he was drunk I think he was drunk on I think he was drunk on Tuesday night actually some of these results there was, there was, something, there was, there was something happening anyway uh... <laughs> No, I, def I, I definitely see Leeds scoring, if I'm being honest. Like, it's <coughs> me too. I think United, they flattered it a wee bit in terms of like their defensive stuff, like you know, and, and like Leeds, they only play one way, like they, they can't they can't really. Although, in fairness, the Leeds, I suppose, recently they've tightened up a wee bit compared mm -hmm. to how they had been, and they got the big result against Man City. So, no, I, th I think they could go and score there, like you know, I, th I think they could they could definitely score, and if it's 2 1, maybe possible. Yeah, it's. It's going to be good. I think it'll be a good game. I, I really hope Rafinha's fit. Well, I was I was hoping there might have been a, a press conference today, but it, apparently it's tomorrow, 9.30 UK time for uh, Bielsa. Um, so no doubt he's just going to take the mick out of everybody and just speak in Spanish again. We, uh, Nima and I are absolutely convinced he can speak fluent English, by the way. I don't know if you saw <laughs> that one. We're, we're, we're totally convinced. See the, one thing about, see the one thing about it, Bielsa, he's, he's straight down the line with his team, team selection. Like, you know, he, he, he never really throws any curveballs. He more or less gives a press to the team. No. You know, but what we're going to do when we come to the UK, when we all get together, we're going to do a competition who can do the Bielsa crouch. <laughs> I, I was, can do it, but I won't be able to stand back up. My knees will just, my knees, one, one knee will end up in Bromley and the other knee will end up in Fulham. Was Clap not, was Clap not doing the, the, the Bielsa crouch? During the match the other night, <laughs> yeah, on the sideline, he he was in the sideline for Merseyside Reds, and uh, he was he was crouching over like a wee bucket. <laughs> Maybe he was just having a pee or something. I, I, I wanted to be sick about the with the with what was going on. Maybe maybe that's why he had his bucket because he was ready to puke with what's been going on with the with this uh, 
with this league. But no, we're going to do the Bielsa crouch, boys, and see who can do it for the see who can do it for the for the longest. I, I could expect I expect will be hospital trips. <laughs> for sure, definitely. Um, next one: Villa against West Brom, local derby. No love lost there at all. This is going to be blood maybe spilt on the pitch. Villa attack 4.7 against West Brom defence 3.5. West Brom have really picked up. West Brom attack 2.6 against Villa defence 4.2. They're not bidding. They're not, they're not, they're not, this matchup likes West Brom. They're not bidding Martinez this weekend. I don't care. It's, it's not happening. <laughs> this is this is 10-pointer Martinez stuff like, you know, and... Uh, tell me about it, but I've gone for a one-one draw, and Nima's gone for a two-nil win. Um, I just think that that Villa's defence four point two. That just again, I I'm playing Martinez because I'm not playing Ariola because he concedes in the last minute. So no way. So Ariola's staying firmly benched till the end of the season now for me. Fulham um, look as a Fulham look just totally down, like so. Yeah. They do, and it's just so depressing. I mean, anyone who owned Ariola and played I mean, him twice. I mean, Fulham have had so many heartbreaking moments this season, right? I mean, start starting with um, uh, who was it that who was it that missed that penalty kick? Look, look, man, that wasn't yeah, heartbreaking. That was shite. But from that moment, <laughs> and he was playing well. It, it was heartbreaking because look, look, was playing really well, and he still well, yeah. to take that pen at the end and, and misses it. And from then, it's like. Every time they see some light, they kind of blow some dynamite in front of them in the tunnel, and it's darkness again. It's, it's, it's been a rough one for Fulham. I know, but see, see, like if you have a pressure penalty and you're trying to take a panenka, you need a slap. Like, you, like you really do need a slap. Like, you know, just low and hard on the corner. Like, you know, like that—that's how they take a penalty. And then you see these boys now, and they're all trying this panenka, and I just think it's ridiculous. To be honest, like if you if you if you went to a local park and you seen somebody trying a panenka, geez, everybody be laughing at them. <laughs> you know, they, would, they, would, they would like you know it's it's, it's such it's such I, a bad it's such a bad penalty like unless I, I, I unless, really unless, unless you're a Pirlo like you know and then I think you can get away with it if you're Pirlo. I could just imagine someone playing for Grimsby going up doing a penenka in front of a pontoon stand <laughs> at Grimsby. I, it'd be absolute World War Three would break out. Boys would be looking at Curry's throat. I mean, Grimsby's players head yeah. to each other as it is. We've got one player set off red but in the other last week, haven't we? Same player. Yeah. What is going on there? Oh, by the way, Grimsby are relegated. They're stuffed. Bye bye. Out of the league. Uh, anyway, never mind. That's another issue. Leicester against Palace. Let's finish this off. Leicester attack 2.3 against Palace defence 6.6 on the beach. Uh, Baker, um, um, on the FPL beach over here. Yeah, on the FPL beach. And Palace attack 4.7, left Leicester defence 2.5. Negative for that. Uh, I see nothing but a spanking here. 3-0. And Neem has gone for 2-1. I uh, can't see Palace I, scoring. I can't no. see Palace scoring either. <laughs> No, I think no. I think I think Nima's getting worried about uh, about the beers he owes you, and he's trying to play oh, uh, differential in the matchups and trying to catch up. There'll be a lot more yet because when when I get into my when I get my competition hat on, <laughs> then we'll uh, 
we'll see how we do there. But no, I mean, uh, interesting enough here, though, because you're going to talk about uh, Leicester a little bit, aren't you? I think in your in your they're section, like, uh, they're the main they're the main focus. Well, two I've got two Leicester players, or the three players I'm kind of topping up this week. Two of them are Leicester players for obvious reasons, really. Like yes, but fixtures, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and yeah. Look at this; it's a it's a it's a good matchup. So uh, yeah, so that's the fixtures. So let's see how we do. Um, as always, uh, we'll put them up on the uh, over the game week, and uh, we'll see if people can uh, to, can get as many right as as we are, or as many wrong, or whichever way it's going to be. If it's in Nima's case, but uh, <laughs> we can't take the Mick out here. He's not very well, of Paul Lad. I just see he's got he's got a toothache. He's gone to the dentist. He broke his tooth or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, shouldn't be chew- Shouldn't be taking yeah. bot lids off bottles. In, in the park. Right. Right. <laughs> was that what he was at? Well, probably. I don't know. I'm just saying he just sat, sat drinking a bottle. <laughs> well, it's, it's freedom, right? They've got this freedom now in the UK, so they're all out boozing all the time. Uh, it's starting to open up. Oh, you bought the wee, wee, beer gardens are opening up here next week. I can't wait. Ah, nice. Speaking of beer gardens, while Germany's locking down and the Bundesliga is, is going into quarantine like uh, bubbles. For, for their teams because things are getting so bad. So, bloody hell! Nice, bad news, bad news, bad news. Right, let's quickly just say hello. Who have we got on anyway? Let's say hello to a few people whilst we're whilst we're just messing about before we we line up. Hibo, I'm going to do your uh, slides, okay? Um, so I'll just put yeah. them up for a second. So we've got Surya on Rakesh. Hi, Surya. Um, Swang's in again. Uh, Raj is in. Uh, right, Aiden. Aiden. Sounds like one of your mates. I just know him off Twitter. Aiden actually had a question there. He was asking about do we think Mendy will play? He's actually got him doubled up with For- Forrester. And geez, I'll tell you what, that's one hateful position to be in because. Oh, yeah, it is. How do you make a goalkeeper choice? Like, never mind, like, when you have two, like, you know, non playing goalkeepers. I, like, one transfer I hate to make as a goalkeeper. And if it was I me. Reckon, and- I reckon Aiden needs my friendly, my mate here. Yeah. It needs his lucky leprechaun. It needs this lucky leprechaun. Do you know what I think Aiden should do? I think Aiden should just go out and buy a Martinez and be done with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think if you, if you think about um, Chelsea's situation with Kepa, right, and how much they paid for him, if Kepa stays on the bench, they're not. It's, he's going to be difficult to sell and they won't get much back. If they can play yeah. him and show that he's that it was a mental thing that he's overcoming. They may be able to get some money back for him. That might be what they try to do towards the end of the season here. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so we've got FPL Banger. We've got Siver in here. Uh, Abilash is in. Uh, Ragav. Uh, yeah, Harry, Harry, Harry's just joined us. FPL 7764. Jamie Baker. Jay Baker's in, as usual. Oh, Harry's in. Hi, Harry. Uh and uh, yeah, so Aiden's here. So yeah, nice to see you all, guys. So what we're going to do now is we're going to let you loose with uh, Tibbo's stuff. So if you just bear with me, I will line this up and uh, we'll have a quick drink and then we'll be back. Hibbo. Break that template. Over to you, mate. Over to me, okay. So, anybody that knows me, I do a piece for Fantasy Football Hub, and it's called uh, Breaking the Template. And 
week by week, although I didn't do a piece last week, week by week we tend to look at a couple of players within the template to see should we be holding them, should we be looking at moving them on. And this week I looked at the two highest owned players within the template. So like first up was kind of Harry Kane. And Harry Kane, like we were looking at him last week, he had effective ownership in the top 10K, like 216%, um, mainly down to the fact that he was owned by nearly the whole top 10K. 95, 96% captained them, and there was about 22% had them in the triple captain as well. And it kind of created a, a, like a unique scenario with FPL where like people, even if you had captain Harry Kane, like he, he was scoring effective points against you. And I thought it was kind of funny because like um, the website Live FPL, they came on for about a crap on like um, Twitter, and people were like venting, and you're going like. These are basically the mathematics of the game. They've always existed. You're basically venting against somebody that's creating a tool to help you out. Doesn't make any sense for me. So basically the explanation for the anomaly, for people that don't really understand it, was there was a double game week involved in one team. This guy is basically contender for player of the season and there was triple captainships in play. So we all know, like Kane, he scored the two goals against Everton, bad defending, but he took them well and he lumped off. And like my analysis this week is looking to see is he expendable when we consider the fact that he blanks in 33 and we don't really know the extent of his injury? Because if he's maybe going to miss the Sheffield United game, is there an opportunity where we could lose him? And, like, you know, I'm looking at, say, Kane's numbers here. And, like, you're looking at since game week 27, he ranks amongst all players top for shots, 27. Shots on target, he's top with 11. Shots in the box, he has 16. Top again. Top for big chances seven and top for goals seven. Um, the fixtures for Spurs are like when we go beyond the blank, like you're talking Sheffield United, Leeds, they've got Wolves, they've got Villa, and they've got Leicester, so they're, they're particularly juicy. Now, I think there's an issue in terms of Kane replacements and the fact that I know Nima had basically dubbed them like like the alternative strikers. Like when we're looking at the, in, the, in the forward position at the minute, like the template is very much like 78% of managers at the minute own both. Ian Atchell and Harry Kane. So they're not going to be able to make that move to Ian Atchell because most of them are already on them anyway. So what I would think is looking at the fixtures, if you just want to just click on the next slide there for me, Marner, yeah. please. Like, although you're looking, you're looking at the, the progression of like Ian Atchell, it has dented the appeal of Vardy to a certain extent. And like, if you're, if you're to compare them side by side, Barney, or Ian Ash was miles better value, but whenever I'm looking at them fixtures for, say, Leicester, you're talking about Crystal Palace, which is a huge, hugely beneficial matchup. Southampton next to Newcastle. These next two boys are on the beach. By game week 35, Newcastle could be safe. And you're thinking, do the fixtures look good for a Leicester double up and attack? I think so. Um, if I'm looking at Vardy himself, like you're talking about, he's got 12 goals, 12 assists in the league. It's respectable. At the same time, he hasn't scored since the 13th of February. And if I was being totally honest, you're going to look at his, say, his goal threat um, uh, using the hub metrics. All his, all his goal threat stats, whether it be shots, shots on target, shots in the box, big chances and like actual returns in terms of goals, they've all dropped off. But like weirdly enough, his key passes have increased. His big chances have created have increased. And so has like his assist potential as such. So like nearly in a way, the absence of Madison and the presence of Ian Acho has turned Vardy and he's become like less sniper, more provider. What I will say is Madison's on the way back. He had been out injured for a while. He was put on the naughty step because of a breach of COVID. 
that's all sorted now. So we're going to see Madison coming back on the side. Now, if we're going back to, say, August 2018 and looking at, like, Vardy's goals in the league since then, 73% of Vardy's goals have come against sides outside the the European Super League big six. You know, they come against the rest of teams. So, like, if you're looking at your Crystal Palace, your Southampton and your Newcastle, they're definitely kind of Vardy-type fixtures. Like, if we're looking at the immediate fixture, Palace over the last six game weeks, they rank third worst for shots conceded in the box. 61 and by chances conceded 17. So they are dire. Like, um, they had another element to this being Krellens basically stated that there's a fair chance that the game week 36 fixture against Man United, not exactly the best fixture in the world, but that there is a fair chance that it's going to pull forward on the 35. So, like, where I'm going with me, like, kind of potential thing with Kane is if Kane's going to maybe he blanks this week, so you're talking he's got a game week, uh, he's got a fixture in 34 and a fixture in 35. There's a chance that Leicester have four games in that period. Now, if Kane was to miss 34, if we were to get noises that he's going to miss Sheffield United, I think you got to take a punt and go somewhere else. What I think is, we're not going to get the news. And I think if we're not going to get the news, my recommendation is to hold. So just to move on now to the, the next point, I'm going to say, if you yeah. want to click the next slide for me, Marner. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to say, Hibbo, um, yeah. again, just talking about this algorithm that I've calculated. Um, it's got both Iniacho and Kane selected for this week. Uh, not Kane, uh, Vardy. Well, one one thing I, I do want to say about Vardy, and, and it kind of uh, came out in, in my um, Iheanacho scouting report, is <clears throat> Vardy has he's taken on a little bit the role of, of what Kane would do when he drops deep, when Kane becomes provider. I think Vardy's kind of developing that. Um, the other thing that, that I've seen him do is He's creating space for Iheanacho. That's that's been his his role since they've been playing two up top. I, sh I showed it in that scouting report a couple of weeks ago, where Vardy's pulling defenders wide and Iheanacho's get getting into those spaces in between, kind of between the center backs and the and the and the fullbacks. Um, so, but one thing I'll, I'll say from a coaching perspective is usually that um, that interplay changes. So it won't just be one player always pulling and the other player always filling the gap. That can change at any moment. So I really I really like the Vardy show because it could be Ianacho opening space for Vardy once once defenses um, adjust. I can I can think of dynamics maybe going to change with like the return of Madison because like when, when, whenever I was looking back at Vardy like you know Vardy was out, he had the hernia problem, he got he got the operation done and then he came back. And then you look he's had a basically a dry spell since then you look and you think is he still trying to get over the hernia? But that period also coincides with the fact that Madison hasn't been on the team at all. Ian Atchew's on the team. The thing about Leicester is they only, they're only going to create a finite amount of chances and the chances have to fall to one or the two forwards. And at the minute, they've all been falling to Ian Atchew. But I think it would be a fallacy to turn around and say, that's the way it's been going. That's the way it's going to continue. Like the pendulum right. can just swing for me. And all of a sudden, you can see... Fardy Hatchick, do you know what I mean? He's still got the pens. I think he's a shoot. Um, do you want to start click the next one? Starting, this, starting this week, because I've brought in the actual in. Could happen. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. See if I get word that Kane was out. I would pull the trigger and I have a Captain Vardy this week. I'm not even joking. Like, I, I, mm -hmm. He's just, he's been so overlooked. And I, like, I get that his form hasn't been good. And like what I will say about Vardy is he's never been like a volume shooter. He doesn't take a big amount of shots. He's very efficient normally. He hasn't been efficient recently, even in the FA Cup. He's missing these really easy chances, and he's kind of beating himself up about it. What I will say is, 
I think the dynamic's going to change a wee bit with Madison back in the team. He's going to be there to provide the bolts, and I think we could see a different kind of party against Palace, I think. But um, I'll, I'll move on to Sun, if you don't mind. Like, yeah, don't yeah. Be- no, that's all right. Greenwood, right, isn't it? So, all right, so the next the next part's kind of like a focus. No, it's... Well, I, I'll speak through this part anyway. So the, the next highly owned player in the template was like Hongman Sun. You know I'm a big fan. He's an 84% of kind of elite top 10K teams. And I think he presents like a slightly less of a conundrum than, say, Kane. Because, like, if we look back, they say, February, Son hasn't been in great form. He scored a couple of goals recently against Man United, and then he scored a goal last night. Um, like, if we're looking at Son's stats since game week 24, he's kind of similar to Vardy in a way where... All his goal threat metrics since game week 24 for Hongman Son have regressed. His shots have decreased, his shots on target have decreased, his shots in the box have decreased, bad chances have decreased, and so have his goals. But again, his creativity has improved. It sounds about like why is this happening? And when we look at, say, Son's regression in terms of goal threat and his improvement in terms of creativity, it coincides with, with the return to the side of Bale. And Bale became more of like a dominant goal threat to say when he came onto the team. And I think it's slightly worrying for some when we look at, say, like Ryan Mason's now the coach. Bale started last night. I don't think Bale's going to be left in the bench away. Mourinho, Mourinho and Bale, Bale obviously had a fallout. Like, you know, that, that's, what, that's what it seems to me. And I think now we're going to see Bale get more minutes. Could he do the shoot instead of Son? But I'm looking at maybe potential um, replacements for, say, Son. And I think number one's basically missing Greenwood. So, like, we're looking at last week, his ownership was, say, sub 1%. That's obviously changed because people that owned him have rose in rank and people are also going to buy him. But with Anthony Martial, you know, he's out for, I think, the rest of the season. I think Greenwood's going to be the main beneficiary. So, like, if you're looking in terms of stats, Greenwood's he's not four goals and an assist in his last three, and he's recorded consecutive double-digit holes. Now, since game week 28, amongst all players... Greenwood ranks second for shots with 17 and top for shots in the box um, with 15. So, like, he's also received four big chances. He's created three for his teammates. In terms of fixtures, United's fixtures look all right, but they don't look amazing. Like, you know, they've got Leeds. I think they can score. They've got Liverpool at home and they've got Villa. I think they can potentially score in all three of them games. And there's a fair chance that the match against Leicester is going to be added to uh, the schedule for 35. So... Looking at looking at the statistical play and what we can see with the eye, I think Greenwood's Greenwood's a play now. Looking more mm-hmm. fixtures, like you're looking at Madison, and I think as a fixture pick, he, he's nice. Like he's been sidelined since February. He's had a hip problem. Um, he breached COVID restrictions, so he was benched in the last. Or he, he didn't make a score actually in the last game. But I had to look back a bit for Madison because he's missed out. But like whenever I look back at the period, say from. I just want to check two seconds here. If you just click on the next slide there, Martin, I said. Yeah, well, yeah, there we go. So, like, if we're looking at, say, Madison's stats, and for these stats, I've had to go back and look at, say, game week 19 to game week 25. It notched four goals and uh, provided three assists in eight games, which is a great return. Um, and over that period, he ranked second amongst all players for shots, which is impressive, and third for shots on target. He's got a huge, huge slice of free kicks. He, he took more free kicks than anybody in the league over the period. 
He's formed before the injury. He's, he's, he's in 3% of the top 10K teams, so he's definitely differential. We're looking at their fixtures and we're saying they've got Pass, they've got Southampton, they've got Newcastle. They're potentially going to gain Man United as well in game week 35. You're looking at the way Leicester are playing. They've got Annie Echo buying on form. I think Madison's a great shoot. So like, just, just to kind of conclude like my piece here. Can I, can I ask right. a question quickly on, on Madison there, Hubo? Go ahead. So, um, so some people have been mentioning that that Madison takes a while to kind of build up form. He's he usually is not a, a strong starter when when he, when returning. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do do you I buy can, into that or is that just narrative? I would I would like myself kind of buy into it. Like you know, from playing a bit of football, like it does when you come back from injury, it does take you a while to get up to speed. Now, what I will say is, he has been fit. He's played some minutes in the league. He's played some minutes in the cup as well. He came on as a sub in the cup, like, so he's, he's had some minutes. He didn't make the squad as far as I gather for the last match because he breached his COVID restrictions. So look, he's been in around the squad. He's been training. I think with Madison, he's kind of got a bit of his bad boy reputation. Um, he's a bit of a spice boy. I know they're overloaded with options at the minute. You've got Euro 2020, which is bizarrely called Euro 2020, even though it's going to be called played. And it's going to be played in Euro 2021. Like, you know, so like, I don't know what's going on there. But I think Madison, like, if you're looking at these games now, I think Madison has to lay down a marker to try and get on that England team because they've got Grealish, they've got Greenwood, they've got all Sterling, they've got all these players. Jaden Sancho, at the minute, like, is he even going to, like, he's going to make a squad maybe, but. He's definitely going to be starting unless he does some magic in the last. Like and I, I like I kind of, I don't know if he'll start slow. I think he can be a bang in this next game. Like you know, I think Leicester like are a good thing and the three 0 from Marner. I think is, I think it's a great shoot. Like, like I'm yeah. just I'll, I'll I'll finish maybe just my conclusion here and it's basically like, see in terms of Harry Kane, if he's fucked for Sheffield United in game week thirty four, hold on then folks. If we receive some kind of news from Ryan missing there. Mason's already kind of marking himself down as a bit of a soul share wannabe because he's been very coy about what's going on, I think, with, with Harry Kane. If we get news that Kane's definitely going to miss a league game, I think Pont, the only person I would punt on is Vardy because I'm assuming, assuming he's all of Ian Acho. In terms of Son, I know there was a lot of people keen on the kind of hokey-cokey. I was against it last week where people were saying, oh, I'm going to take Son out and I'm maybe going to bring him back in for Sheffield United. I was kind of against it. I'm looking at people's teams. They're asking me questions on Twitter. And you know what? If it suits your team, do it. Loads of them are maybe looking at bringing in Mo Salah or Bruno Fernandes. They're two big captaincy shoots this week. I think neither of them are in great form. Um, And I think if you don't have Trent Arnold in your team, and this is the main reason for making this play, I think you go Greenwood, you go Madison. Between the two of them, the choice would be Greenwood business stats. And the whole reason would be to get Trent Arnold in your team because I think he scored something like 40 points in the last four weeks. And like I had an article prior to game week 31 where I picked like a hypothetical wildcard team. I've been kind of shouting about Trent Arnold kind of on my articles for a while. And I was so raising that I another wildcard because I don't, I don't own Trent Arnold. And he's just been scoring points every week and it's just been absolutely sucking at my shit. And like, see this week, I'm looking at it thinking, I, I need to buy him, like, you know, because I can't keep championing and not buying him. You know, it's just. It, it just can't be done, you know. But um, no, that's that's where I'm coming from with we with uh, break a template this week. So if you if you have any questions, or well, I, I mean, I'm just I, I I like the I like the Madison show. I, I do yeah. like the Madison show. I think uh, I was a little bit cool on him earlier part of the season. I preferred Barnes to him. 
Um, but but yeah, um, Madison was doing bits, wasn't he? He was doing bits regularly. And well, I think I think when you look at when you look at say you're going to touch on potato salad or whatever, and you're going to talk about the head of goal teams conceded. Who's putting the ball in? Madison. If he's on the pitch, it's Madison. So like whoever's whoever's putting on that header potentially against Crystal Palace. Like this man, I think, has got huge assist potential. He's all over them free kicks. I, th- I think it could be gold this week, like you know. And I think that's what you can do. Like I, I think if you're looking at your team and you go, oh, I've got Son this week, he doesn't play, and I've maybe got Alonso. Is he going to play? Like you could potentially have Trent Arnold or Madison, mm. and or Trent Arnold and Greenwood. And I think those as a two are potentially so much better as two expensive players that maybe well we know Son isn't going to play. Asper Laqueta, boys like that, you know, you, you, you could maybe move them on for like a real premium like that's 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 got great fixtures to the end. And that's just that slap in defence. You just don't worry about it anymore. No. I was gonna say I would move I would love to take Asper Laqueta out of my team. Uh, but there's one slight problem. It's called Kung Fu Stones. Because John Stones <laughs> John, John Stones tried to decapitate someone and uh, and co- pro- probably got sent off just, just for another just for another flag. For my Olympic opening ceremony team now, which is uh, just littered with littered with flags, um, so yeah, I think Trent is a great. I think Trent is a must now. I was point one out last week. I pri- price. I, I was waiting, waiting. You know, wait. The idea is wait because of all the bloody all the issues going on. I did that and then priced myself out, and, and so I went for Phillips and look and look where that ended. Look where that ended up. But yeah, I think I agree. I think all those shouts are great. There's one other player I'm going to throw in here, Hibbo, um, as another option, Sigurdsson. I like it. I do. I do like it. Like, I think his his games may be tougher this week. Like you know, but I think I'm going to rip you off and just include him in my article next week. How's that? Fair enough. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear because I mean, I, I wouldn't probably move him in this week, but I'll tell you what, I am quite interested. Because I think you know, they've got the double game week. They're playing Villa, and Villa's defense is, as we've said, is not great. I think they play Villa twice in two weeks, don't they? Um, uh, I, I, I think I think we ever like I, I think Sigurdsson's been getting a lot of minutes out of kind of necessity, you know, because they've always kind of been missing like one player. It's like Rodriguez was maybe injured, or Calvert Lewin was injured, or like you know they were maybe missing a player in midfield like Allen, and they were dropping somebody back and putting Sigurdsson on. And he's kind of benefited from all these injuries, but he, he's showing a bit of form. Like we, we talked before we came on air, the way he took a goal against Spurs, like with a, with a left foot, he's got the pens. I, I do like it. Yeah. I'll write, I'll write it up next week. Good man. Good man. All right. So, fantastic. So, that's uh, the template well and truly broken by Hibbo's hammer. <laughs> or Hibbo's cider. Is it? Did we finish it? It's nearly gone. No, no I, brought two, I brought two cans because I know, <laughs> cans. I, know we like, I know we like to talk. <laughs> as long as you don't have to stop and go to the toilet like you did last time. <laughs> we need to start right, but... <laughs> Let's keep going. Uh, we'll just cover the normal sections and then we'll, we'll let you go, Gabe, as well. So we've got Suchek watch as usual. So we'll just have a quick look for potato salad lovers everywhere. And last week, I... Went for Nat Phillips. <laughs> what a load of shit that was, eh? I didn't even bother looking who anybody else went for because I was that peed off. I never even bothered. I can't remember. Who did you go for, Gabe? I don't remember. <laughs> no. I'm on the beach, man. 
I've nearly given, given up with this section. I think we'll keep it going for the rest of this year and then we'll probably sack it off unless we've got <laughs> it. But interestingly enough, these heading matchups are always worth having a look at because uh, mm. I, I think it's quite interesting because you never know. It might just give you, we might just get a, an inkling of a you know of a defensive of a defensive return perhaps from a from a centre half and you know what have we got notable this week we've got Wolves against Burnley which is a very big positive um let's see, it's five point eight I think you're looking at yeah five point eight Liverpool against Newcastle five point four Burnley against Wolves so there could be you know, fancy two headers two headed goals in a game Burnley against oh, Wolves oh I, I went for Sadio Mane. Yeah, did you last week? Last week, oh, well. that was my suit check watch. <laughs> well, well done, well done. And Man U and Leeds, three point five. So there's there's a number. Actually, there's quite a few matchups there, but I've only given four. Um, I just think that the the game which has struck me as being the one where I think there's going to be a goal, uh, a header. Uh, well, sorry, I've just gone for Mane. <laughs> um, and I, I and I honestly think, and to be honest, I. I know we Nima and I discussed Mane on Tuesday, and I think unfortunately I, I quite like the idea, but now I can't do it because I've got I've got more I've got too many fires I've got to put out, so that's that's blown out the window anyway. So I can't I can't do it now even if I wanted to. But I do think Mane five point four fixture difficult uh, matchup Trent firing five headed chances in the last six game weeks which is equal third and he's got a 0.73 uh, non-penalty xg per 90 minutes which is fourth Mane is not a bad shout you know he's not fashionable like but my this, hat like my this, hat but he's yeah. he's but he's he's actually not a bad shout what do you think uh, I, th I think this happens like i think you get to this tail end of the season and like you know what happens every year these kind of like unfashionable players or players that have been out of form kind of reinvent themselves and go on a run i like the man i shoot i really do like you know it's it's outside the box he's a lot of money but i can see it like you know it's as an alternative to even like say a seller this week you know because i think Salah's like the, he's like the lazy captain to shoot this week you know you know I, I, not to offend anybody but it's just like oh i own Salah and he plays newcastle at home like you know uh it could just as easy be Manny's day, or it could just as easy be Firmino's day. Like you know, it's it's just one of those kind of games where like I wouldn't be surprised to see those three boys return back. What, I mean, we've we've heard about Brew No coming out certainly. I nearly fell off. I nearly, I nearly, I nearly fell off the seat of the train when I was listening to FPL Banger when Sam said he was selling Bruno. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't believe it. I said I nearly passed out. He, um, he couldn't believe it when he was saying. You know, I mean, is is Mane, uh, if you can get to him, is, is Mane uh, a route from Bruno? Here's one for you. See, see in my article on Game Week 20 or in Game Week 28, I wrote up about selling Bruno. And I think the first match after he scored against Man City and he scored like 10 points. And I thought, this is an absolutely stinking shoot. Like, why, why, why did I top this up? And see, since then, he's done nothing. Like, he's done absolutely nothing. And, like, you know, I kind of look back at it and think, it actually wasn't a bad shape because his numbers kind of had dropped off a wee bit. And then you're looking at this week, nice fixture and stuff like that, and people are going, oh, Bruno, Bruno. And I think it's the same as Salah. People are saying Salah, Salah. And I kind of think, mm. I don't know. I think, I think it's lined up to have a goal because although those boys are highly owned, I think captaincy is going to be spread across the field. I think you're going to have a few players kind of in the, in the, in the lower ends of just over 100% EO. 
it's maybe a week where you can have a go and maybe not get hurt in terms of like I know people talk about rank protection and stuff like that. You're not going to get skinned alive like the way you could have potentially done if you had a bag against say Kane last week. Although, although it doesn't happen. Like, well, well, let me let me just put your template to to bed, Hibbo. You know, I had an eighty-seven percent template team and I dropped seventy percent rank. <laughs> That's crazy. There's a point. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you follow him on uh, on uh, Twitter. He's called uh, Prop Joe. Do you know Prop Joe? He, like, um, yeah. he makes all the memes. And I don't know if he was talking about my article, but he was kind of saying people are always talking about breaking the template, but nobody talk, talks about how the template broke me. <coughs> Which I thought was which I thought was really good, like you yeah, know, because yeah. like people like it is true, like you know, at times when you can try go go against it, geez, it make a complete muggery, like you know, it's just well, it, it made a bloody mug of me. I'll tell you what, it really made a mug of me. It's just that just shows, doesn't it? You try to you try to go a certain way, you think about it, you think about your ownership, you think, right, okay, I'm gonna captain Kane. I saw that I I captained him, I saw my rank go down when Ken when Ken scored. You know, um, yeah. I was actually quite pleased he got injured. Um, I shouldn't have said that. I was on the trap of cabin. Don't be saying that. <laughs> I don't mean it. One comment on money really quickly is that there's a lot of competition for those midfield spots. And it's a big risk to, to go with money. Uh, I, I think when, when there are other, like, like I think Madison is a lesser yeah. risk for less money. Um, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I just think it's a different option. And I think yeah. if you looked at Liverpool, when we looked at the fixture difficulty early on, and it suggested that Liverpool attack over defence. But then I kind of think, see what you're saying, like Liverpool attack over defence. Trent does Liverpool attack. And you, know, you would average, you would probably take the attack and defence and average it for Trent. Uh, as uh, his uh, and you look at his price and he's 7.5 million. And see, like, see when Trent's not firing, I have a great theory. Like, you look at players and you kind of go, do they represent good value or bad value? You know, at the minute. And I look at Trent now at 7.5 million and you compare him to say Madison, we said it was maybe 7.1. Who's yeah. better value? No. I know they play that from position. More, more, more ways to points, right? There are more uh, avenues to points with Trent. Easily. Like, Trent does, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it was the match against Newcastle. don't know if it was last season or the season before he scored 20 plus points. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's possible, nah. yeah. nah, I, I, he's got to come in. I can't leave him out anyway. As I say, Hong Kong, star, Hong Kong, Fui, John Stones, he's he's out of there. So, so yeah, I sold him this. I sold him this week. It was great. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Yes, they may. <laughs> yeah, I think the only person happy about we will mention Randy again. Randy Shaft was absolutely delighted. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break my bones, but give him a red card so he can't hurt me. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gabe, do you want to line your um, slides up? Um, yep, ready to go. I'll share, I'll share your screen, and uh, we'll we'll let you uh, we'll let you loose. So just bear with us. Have you got them ready? Yes, sir. <laughs> Here we go. Right, there we go. All right. right we're, we're going to start. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with stats and this slide. So th- this slide is the goal attempts conceded by Wolves 
in the last two matches on the left versus the previous two, 28 and 30 on the right. Um, now, to begin with a caveat, in 28 and 30, Wolves played Liverpool and West Ham. Um, in the last two, they played Fulham and Sheffield United. So the stats will be skewed because of the because of the matchups. But there's something um, there's something that I noticed that that's kind of responsible for kind of the, this this shift, and and something beyond the the matchups is just just the change in the way Wolves is defending. So if we if we look at just talking stats here um, against Liverpool and West Ham, the xGC for Wolves was 2.13 versus 1.32 against Fulham Sheffield United. No big surprise there. Uh, the easier matchups, uh, obviously. Um, Actually, right. The easier matchups will will have a less uh, xGC. Two big chances conceded against Fulham and Sheffield United versus four against Liverpool and West Ham. Now, this is this is the part that's interesting. Um, so, against Liverpool and West Ham, chances conceded from the middle of the field. Um, Wolves conceded ten chances from the middle of the field versus. Uh, the center three chances versus Fulham and Sheffield United. And I was wondering, well, then I took a look at the left and the right. Uh, Wolves conceded four chances uh, from the left against Liverpool and West Ham and conceded five chances. So more chances uh, from the left against Fulham and Sheffield than they did against Liverpool and West Ham. From the right, uh, from the right side, Wolves conceded six chances um, against Liverpool and West Ham and conceded seven chances against Fulham and Sheffield United. So I was looking... Wolves have conceded more chances from the flanks against week against the last two opponents, which is Fulham and Sheffield United, than they did against Liverpool and West Ham. This is notable because Liverpool have the most crosses uh, in the league this season. They have 632 crosses. Uh, no, sorry, 736 crosses um, this season. So you'd think that that Wolves would concede more chances from the flanks against teams like Le Liverpool that love to cross the ball. However, however, that's not the case. So what, what I've noticed is against the Fulham and Sheffield United, I think Wolves have been more compact around the six-yard box. And they've, and they've created, you see the green kind of, um, the green line there, they've created a kind of barrier. And they're forcing teams to cross the ball into them. Now, this week on the Zonal Marking podcast, they mentioned that, um, that Coincidentally, I, I listened to it after I wrote this last night as I, as I was falling asleep. Um, they, they looked at crosses. It was a big kind of tactical examination on crosses. And they, they noticed that one out of every 70 crosses ends up in a goal. Now, that's an extremely low return rate. So did Wolves figure something out? And are they forcing teams to cross more to decrease the, the, the percent chance of scoring? Maybe. Um, I, now, when you look at teams like Liverpool, who are highly successful at crossing um, the past several seasons, certainly that's they do cross a lot. They're a little bit of a an aberration because they're they're going more towards more crosses, while other teams are shying away from crosses. Liverpool, uh, but still, they have a success rate about one in fifty, which is still not not very good. So th this is just something on on Wolves' defense because a couple of a couple of weeks ago we were talking about. Um, you know, making fun a little bit of the fact that people were bringing Cody in, and and Wolves were quite low on the on your uh, your metric mariner in terms of <laughs> defensive FDR. They were quite low, and and they've they've um they've risen recently, uh, partly because of the fixtures, of course, 
but I think partly because of the of the change in the way they're defending, then that their organization at the back is 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 different. So I think if we if Wolves can continue to force teams to cross more, I think their their defense is worth investing. Certainly, I mean obviously I, I think I much prefer a player like Saiz, which has more more routes to uh to to points than somebody like Cody, who's afraid of of, of the uh of the attacking half the field. Mr. Nosebleed, um, Mr. Mr. Nosebleed, as I call that's him. Right, that's right. The the other interesting thing about um about Wolves' defense is against Fulham and Sheffield United. So this new kind of shape that they're playing in, um, they have more more clearances, uh, blocks, and interceptions. So they have seventy eight uh, in the in the last two matches against Fulham and Sheffield United versus sixty five against Liverpool and West Ham. Liverpool and West Ham teams that shoot more, you'd expect there to be more more blocks, um, but that but that's not the case. Um, so with this new setup, there we can see they're kind of like they're more compact in in the the middle of the field. So I think that they're getting more blocks um, on that front. So that that's just a, a little. Just a little analysis on on Wolves defense and and how how they've changed from a tactical perspective. Uh, I do think they're they're worth an investment, um, especially with with in the easier fixtures. Now uh, the next thing I'm doing here. All right, so I wanted to take a look at um, Anansa Maxima. Right? Oops, is this the? No, this isn't the one I want. Sorry. Let's start here. Um, and I was, as I was looking um, through through his stats, uh, I realized I, I kind of came across something that was really surprising to me, and that's what led me to the to the scouting breakdown. So I noticed Alonso Maxima. He he had a goal. He had two returns, double return, a goal and an assist in game week thirty one against Burnley. I'll get to that in just a second, but I point that out because um, in in that same match, um, let's see, San Maxima played thirty three minutes. Dwight Gale played 56 minutes. San Maximan came in for Dwight Gale. And Alonso Maximan had a 0.18 XGI against Burnley, and he had one goal and one assist in that match. Now, Gale had a 0.63 XGI in that game, in that match, and had zero returns. I went back a match before against Spurs, and that's the, the match that we're going to look at here. And Dwight Gale had an, an XG of 1.4, an XGI of 1.4 in 70 minutes with zero returns in that match. So Dwight Gale is actually getting the stats, but Maxima is getting is um, is getting the uh, the production. So I, I wanted to explain why. And again, for our, our podcast listeners, I'll try to be as descriptive as, as possible. So here, here we're seeing a play in the, in the uh, 19th minute here, Newcastle against Tottenham. Newcastle is, is attacking. Um, Richie had, has just switch the point of attack um, through, I believe it was, it was Kraft there that helped them switch the point of attack. Um, but I want to start with number one, Almiron, Miguel Almiron. There he is again. I told you he'd make a, another appearance. He's, he's, so this is the benefit of, um, of Newcastle playing in the diamond, right? Um, that they have, that, that they can, they're more dynamic in their attack. So Almiron comes from midfield and drags Rodan across, across the, the pitch over to, uh, Rodan's left side, where where uh, Regilon is, uh, Regilon is actually marking Gale just in front of of Rodan. Once once the ball gets played out wide to Murphy, Gale recognizes the situation right away, and and he sees how Almiron is dragging Rodan 
uh, wide, and Joelinton is holding Sanchez centrally. So there's a gap there. There's a gap there for for Gale to uh, to push into. Now Murphy should should really play this ball first time. One one touch pass in, into that space if, if he notices it being created. Obviously he doesn't do it. Um, but this this is an interesting situation. What I like about it is that. Look how early Gale recognizes this, and and he recognizes it because he's lo looking over the, his shoulder and he sees the road on being pulled wide. We go to the next shot. Now look where Murphy is. I'm gonna go back here. Murphy is about um, kind of close to the center to the center circle when he receives the ball. Instead of playing the ball first time, he actually dribbles and ends up close to the box, and that kind of like the whole attack breaks down. And this is this is kind of highlighting some of the problems with Newcastle. So Murphy gets dispossessed, but the ball falls nicely to Shelby, who lines up. You, you can see the visual cues here show him lining up. He's going to hit it first time, cross into the box. For some reason, Rodon is, is kind of rooted. Um, as it's, it's easier to see, obviously, in the video. But Rodon is flat-footed here, ball-watching. And and Gale knows he has the inside track. He's between the ball and, and Davison, Davison Sanchez. So, so he he should be able to have that inside track on Davinson Sanchez, and I really like the long staff coming from the middle, running into the gap in front of Rodon. He's the one that really stalls Rodon. So this this play like the the way uh, Newcastle's midfield interchanges with their front line, I think it's working quite well. Um, they have other problems for sure, but that the movement from Almiron and from and from Longstaff, and we'll see more of it later, is creating opportunities. We go here. This is the, this is the cross, and the cross comes in from Shelby, and he puts it right on on Gale's head. And and Gale is getting in great positions. He's had getting good chances. Where where he's lacking is in his finishing technique. So this ball is coming in from <coughs> the from Newcastle's right side. Gale needs to put this ball with his with his head. He needs to put it right back, kind of where it came from. That's where he's going to get power. We see the green arrow pointing to the right side or the, to Loris's left side which is where he should have really smashed that. Instead, he tried to deflect it. He tried to deflect it with his head to go far post. Now, it was a decent deflection, but that decision gave Loris such a chance to, to save this ball. And Loris, true enough, um, does come up with a good save here. This is a high XG chance. <clears throat> and what makes it even higher XG is the next slide here, the rebound. L Loris as he does, he, Loris is famous for giving rebounds right in front of the goal. Instead of parrying wide, Loris just like <laughs> slap it right back. He's like, try again, son, try again, son. And you know, when you put it on Gale's left foot, I guess it's safe to do that because Gale just puts it right into the ground. And it almost <laughs> actually slips. If you, if you remember this play, Gale puts it into the ground, the ball's super slow. Lohis kind of like falls on top of it. It falls behind him. It ends up like underneath his bottom. And he kind of almost sits on the ball. This is just a bad play all around. But the movement from Gale is good, which is why his stats are good, because he's getting good opportunities. But if we were to examine Gale's post-shot XG, I bet it would be quite low. And and that's that's the problem with, with Gale. But Gale is getting the stats while um, San Maxima is getting the production. And I will show you why with, uh, yeah, here we go, against Burnley. So here's San Maxima. Look at one. We have San Maxima on the right side of uh, kind of going down the right flank, Newcastle's right flank. He's just inside the box at, at the end line there. And Burnley is 
you know, it's kind of like hustling to recover. And we have four players, four Burnley players, actually, not everybody's obviously watching, right? And and marking, but four Burnley players stepping to the ball. This is this is the the uh, San Maxima effect is that he draws players in. So Alonso Maxima makes the rest of his team better, right? Um, everyone stepping to the ball, we'll see here. Um, th this is this was a great little um, kind of Cruyff turn that where everyone just shifted towards the end line and San Maxima cuts the ball back. He loves that little that little back heel turn, um, and and we'll see it again in another, in another slide. Oops. Uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, hold on a second. Apologies, I'm missing a slide. Oh well. Um, that the, the in the previous slide, uh, Lamanza Maximan hits it back to Murphy, and Murphy hits this kind of impossible shot. It goes through four Burnley defenders, extremely low XG, which is why San Maximan's XGI is so low because the XA on that play would, would have been really low. I still don't know how Murphy scored that. But this this play here, this next one, really I, I think shows the kind of like the, the power that San Maxima has in, in the black. So he he receives the ball from Shelby, kind of the on the right side of the center circle, and he's driving at. He's got Tarkovsky, who I somehow just realized looks exactly like Aaron Cresswell for some reason, um, and and he has Ben Mee. He has Tarkovsky and Ben Mee. So what he what he does is he angles his run towards the goal. To, and on the outside, he has Callum Wilson waiting on the outside. But he angles his dribble and his run towards the goal. And what that does is that brings the two defenders closer together. By bringing the defenders closer together, his movement will alter both of them to get together. So this is just a really smart um, initial initial like angle on the dribble for San Maxima. And again, this the, the fact that Ben Mee kind of comes in towards Tarkowski opens up the space for Callum Wilson. Cal Wilson never gets, never sees the ball here, but I'll, I'll explain why opening that space for him is important in just a second. So one, once he gets to the next stage here, we see how close together uh, Tarkovsky and Ben, ben Mee certainly has, has come inside. Now he angles, Alonso Maximov angles his run, his dribble away from goal, which is really a genius move because by doing that, he engages Ben Mee, so Ben Mee can't go back outside to cover Callum Wilson. And Tarkovsky follows him, which Tarkovsky following him opens up the space inside. And we'll see why, why that space is inside. I mean, I, I can't tell you if Alam Samaxima plans this or if it's in the moment or if he sees this play kind of throughout. But it seems like he's like he's like in the matrix here. And he's, he's Neo in the matrix seeing this happen. He's bringing the two defenders closer together so he can kind of manipulate them in tandem. And we see, look, look at that space that opened up inside. We see it with the green box there. Alonso Maximan goes back outside towards Callum Wilson, which causes the two central defenders to step outside. And then he cuts back inside, and he has all this space to shoot. And he and he catches Pope on the, you know, in that near post. But this is all a creation of one player. This is a low XG play. The stats are going to be that are, are going to seem really low, but watching the DI test shows that this is what he does. So I, I think Alonso Maxima is is going to be a stat breaker, and he's going to open things up for for other players and in, in his team. Now he's injured, right? Yeah, well done. Uh, I was going to say the one player I've not seen I've not seen much of is uh, is my mate. 
How come you've just done a full article on Newcastle attack and I saw Joe Linton on one slide? I mean, he said, he said, he said Joe Linton, very nice. It was a very sexy way to say Joe yeah, Linton. Yeah, Joe Linton. This Joe Linton. Yeah, and that's a little... So, obviously, uh, Brazilian, it, it's, it's, it's not like his first name is Joe and his last name is Linton. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought it was. I thought it was Joe Linton from, uh, from <laughs> Joe Linton from Gateshead. <laughs> it's, it's actually like Joel. So, but Joel in like Portuguese would be like they like to extend their vowels. So it'd be Joel. So it's Joe Allington. Joe Allington. But um, what, what do you reckon, Hibbo? No, I think it's no, I know it. It would just be Joe Linton here. <laughs> Joe, 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 Lutton. Lutton. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Lutton. <laughs> Joe, uh, but I think, Joe, I think, I think this analysis of like some maximum spot on because he's a kind of player like he had these kind of wild shots from like some of the goals he scored this season. Like they must be like really, really low XG. He's not a volume shooter. He's not going to be the kind of boy that's always just popping off like loads and loads of shots, like your High Kane, your Sal, your Bruno Fernandez. But it doesn't mean he's not going to score. And like he's 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 going to he's going to defy XG. Like you know, like we yeah. see players like Lingard's defying XG like every week. And then you're having this debate at the minute around about sustainability. And I just, to be honest, I'm sick to death of the bit because it's like people are talking about Lingard's sustainability, and you go, well, if Lingard was to sustain his current returns. He'd be scoring 30 league goals a season, so no, it's not sustainable. But he's in a heater, he's in a heater, like so. Like, bring him on, you know. Like <laughs> anybody using like a statistical justification, like, oh, he, uh, he, he's unsustainable or whatever. Like, you know, it's like it's crazy. Like, you know, it's I kind of wonder, do they, are they watching the games? No, well, to be um, honest, though, I mean, I can, t I, I don't mind accepting some criticism because I missed the boat with him, so did and I. I and I missed the boat because I looked at the numbers too much. Mm -hmm. I must have because it was priced out by 0.1. I was going to make a move for Gundogan that was priced out by 0.1. And I kind of made a decision after Christmas, like, oh, I'm going to lay off my transfers. I'm not going to make them quick and blah, blah, blah. If I had been if I had been playing in like September, I'd have made that transfer in like a Tuesday or something. Like, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, to, to your point there, there, Hibbo, and if we if we look at just kind of like, like the eye test, then we can see why why players are outperforming their stats, and and that doesn't mean it's nothing is sustainable, right? Because everything oh. changes all the time. So like the, the the that argument of unsustainability applies to every single player, even a player in poor form, for example. It's like, well, that performance isn't, isn't sustainable, so let's bring the player in. You can use that logic backwards. <laughs> No, that logic is it's faulty it's it's a faulty that's, logic that, that's something i like touch on like a lot in articles where i like I, i'm kind of obsessed with like conversion and like you know I, I, like something that people will talk about it's like you know oh their, their form's unsustainable that like, you know they're they're having not a lot of shots they're scoring a lot of goals and by the same token like i'm talking about Vardy this week this the, the rut he's going through at the moment for me is unsta unsustainable <laughs> because 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 Vardy never is converting at such a low rate he's never missing so many big chances so like mm. I kind of look at Vardy and just kind of go, well, what is he? He's premium player. He's premium fixture. Don't be overthinking it when none of your stats and nothing like that there. Yeah. Just look at Crystal Palace. Look at the way they're playing and forget so much about Vardy and just what he's doing himself and just look at what he's done maybe historically in the last four years and go, well, I know he's a good pick. 
you know, and I kind of think FPL managers can get a wee bit bogged down on the, oh, what about the last four weeks? What about the last six weeks? What about the last four years? Do you know what? I think it's important. <laughs> Do you know, it's, you know, like four weeks, six weeks, it's such a small window. Like, you're going to have variances and, like, people are going to, I just think it's sustainability debate. I just think it's ridiculous. Like, you know, because it never will take into account the fact that players are going to have runs of good form and, and, and dips where they aren't playing well. It's like, you know, yourself, like, you're not scoring every week. And the, the only players that are, there are players that kind of seem to me like immune to the sustainability debate. It's like Harry Kane, Salah, Bruno Fernandes. And even those guys have tailed off in kind of recent weeks. Well, I know yeah. Salah, Salah definitely. Like, you know, it's... Yeah, sustainability I'm, is a concept to be discussed around the environment and our planet. Maybe not so much for FPL. Yeah, don't, don't get me going on carbon. I've just been doing a full week on it. Okay, but we have to move on fast. Um, one thing, one thing, one thing I look at is whether a player is due or not. Um, and I think you know, I I look at their uh, returns against their XI. So I you know expected. So I look at you know XG plus XA. So expected involvement, and then I look at how many returns they've got. And you'd be surprised how many times that. When if a player, maybe a Salah of this world, you know, you expect him at some stage. As the, the the longer it goes, the more likely something's going to click. And and I've seen it a few times, but it's just again, it's just getting it at the right time, isn't it? It's all about timing. It's bringing timing. players in at the right time, moving off them at the right time, and a fair slice of luck, which I haven't had any for about the last four weeks. But hey ho, that's life. Um, <laughs> Great, Gabe. Um, Little Prince time as well. So, Little Prince. Um, I'm just going to say three, two, one, and it'll be on the screen. Or it should be as soon as I do that. There we go. Fine. Roman. Roman says. So, you know, we, he's, um, we saw in the, in the Sochek watch that he's, you know, Wolves is quite high against Burnley. Um, I We saw how low Burnley was in the, in the attack FDR. Uh, Saiz, as you um, you and Nima mentioned in the uh, FPL Compass show, Mariner, uh, should have had an attack or could have had an attacking return last match. He's got so many ways to points. I remember, you know, remember at the beginning of the season when he was he's, he was the Kurt Zuma of uh, of Wolves. Wolves with a an improving defense. Um, we we saw why because of because of that that change in, in how they're defending and his attacking returns. And is he on some set pieces or, or am I mistaken there? I think he was taking, yeah, he's, he's been taking set pieces as well. I mean, we said there's just so many routes for him to for him to get a return. Exactly. Um, so, no, I, re I really like him. I, I think, to be honest, I did, I think, I did bring him in earlier part of the season. And then, of course, what happens? He got dropped, didn't he, for Kilman? Well, I think I'm, I'm probably dropping dropping my stones for Saiz um, for a hit this week. I had Saiz. I had Saiz as well in game week three. Like I have to say, I'm like I'm a, I'm a huge fan. You know, yeah. his goal threat I think is just I think it's unbelievable. Like you know, he's he, yeah. he, very unlucky not to score in his last game. Like, and no, and, I, and I, have to, I have to say, like as far as Little Prince, you know, and, and it's not all about the stats. And Little Prince is more about feeling. When when I think of Wolves, I want to take a nap. But when I think of Saiz, <laughs> Saiz is the one part of Wolves that I find that is alive. So, I reckon it's a really good shout, and of course, you uh, you had a little success last week as well because you little prince was Cavani last week, wasn't it? If I recall, he didn't even start, and he came with a came and returned with a goal. There we go, 
There we go. Fantastic. So, yeah, you're on a roll, Gabe. Now you've got to kick on. So <laughs> let's, let's see what's going on next. So, okay, let's try and move this up. So, all right. So let's have a look at the captaincy. So uh, we'll we'll try and trundle through that. And I'll try and remember to keep moving the fixture, the tickers on at the bottom, which I'm doing for once today. So there we go. Um, look at that. Four green ticks. Well, there's only three players, but community poll last week, <laughs> Kane, success. Metric, Kane, success. That wasn't a difficult one, really. I don't think we can claim a great deal of success from the metric. We're just getting Kane right. Uh, the cat picked Lingard. And I think it was lucky. I was. I think that was a bit of a, a lucky return. And Mora, I got a, got some points last night. I didn't bother watching because I was too busy. I was too busy licking me wounds from John Stone, so I've not even looked at anything. So I just didn't bother. I just downloaded as the long stats. As you're not licking your stones. I, I, I just okay. downloaded, downloaded the stats and went to work. I didn't do anything this morning. I was that fed up. But uh, but yeah. Uh, Moore as well. So four out of four. Not bad, boys. Well done. So let's look at the metric against the Mariner. And this metric now is just getting a bit crazy. I know we can't really create, claim too much credit for last week. But the metric now, 26 out of 32 successes, 81% hit rate, projected 637 points, and an average points per week of 16.8. So that's doing really well, isn't it? um that'll be be interesting to see where it finishes that's crazy. It, it's getting to the point now where it's going to do the you know it can't do it's sooner or later it's going to be uh, a point where it's done pretty well i think it can still go off the rails it'll be interesting to see where it goes today um my perspective you can see i've had a bit of red in my uh i've had some bad runs but again you know kane i went for it i was hibbo i had to go kane this week i, I just almost like i was in a situation where i think because I made a complete aberration the week before with Gundogan. Um, thanks. Can I just say, like, the metric has one blank in the last fourteen game weeks. One yeah. captain. Bruno. Blank. The last, um, in fact, look at the metrics bl blanks. Two Brunos, two Salas. The three Brunos, two Salas, one Vardy. I, I think you. I had ten times the amount of blanks in the last fourteen game weeks for my captain. Yeah. <laughs> But look at who it's been picking. It's going a bit yeah. off the rails, isn't it? It's it's had successes with Rafinha. It's had successes with Gundogan, Bamford. Um, you know, Met, the metrics getting cocky. Well, <laughs> yeah, it needs to. Some, someone needs to. I, I my, on the other hand, I'm only at sixty six percent hit rate, um, five hundred and sixty one points, which is still a lot better than last year, actually, and an average of you, you, you were talking about say like you kept Harry Kane last week and. You kind of felt that you had it because of what happened yeah. the week before. But, you know, I didn't put a piece out last week. But, like, I had started my piece and I just never submitted it. You know, I just didn't really feel it. But, like, a, a big part of it for me was that, Captain, who you think's the best pack? You know, there was a whole debate last week about, you know, and you get this line in the FPL community, Captain, who you think's going to score the most points? Jesus, spare me. Um, Captain, who... <laughs> No, but Captain, who he thinks the best pick, yeah. and like this, like in the last week, when you're looking at the stats, you're going to always pick Kane. But then at the same time, I nearly think it became like a binary conversation in the community. It's like, oh, I'm like Tim Kane, and you're like Tim Son, and stuff like that. You yeah. go, 
But this is it like we're talking. Well, like we're talking about one game. Like whereas, like what we're talking about, say Vardy returns over four years compared to like Vardy over the last six weeks. Well, like if we're talking about one game or two games, anything can happen. Some can yeah. outscore Kane over those two games, and like you know, I would never pull pull somebody down. But like for me, I thought it was an easy choice because I had the chop of captain. The forecast was that Kane was going to have like say two hundred percent, and I kind of thought, well, I'll take three hundred this week, and I'll just love to fight another day type thing. And I can yeah. see why like people maybe thought I'll just captain Kane or the maybe rank protection or whatever. And I can see why people thought I'm going to have a go and have a have a pop at Sun this week. And it was all much and much. Like, you know, you can oh, have these. In the end, it didn't matter. It never matters. Like half a time, it's like you matter. get these, you get, you get these like high fluted debates in the community. It's like, oh, I'm back on this player, and I'm back on that player, and it all comes out in the wash. And everybody's got twelve points. You know, <laughs> yeah. Unless you captain Gundo one across, he comes off the bench for one point. There we go. <laughs> anyway. Well. <laughs> You should, you, should, you should have spoke to me before you done that. Well, it was Gabe's fault. <laughs> we were too busy. We were too busy uh, getting all excited about Rob Holding that week. I think. <laughs> so we made some silly mistakes. Anyway, let's have a look. See if the cat's going to make any silly mistakes this week. Um, we gave the we have a couple of semi-finals for the poll again as usual because there's so there's a few choices and I think we have to try and whittle it down. So anyway, Bruno topped the uh, United poll. Ineacho, the best of the rest. Salah, um, with respect to Liverpool and Greenwood, because he was he wasn't far behind Bruno. So I put him in as well. So, but the the poll has come out with Salah on top. I don't think it's too surprising. Um, but uh, let's let's have a look and let's see what this fool cat picked this week. I love this. He was super hungry. This is the fastest one ever. <laughs> Mariner starves the cat for days before this. What do you do? Do you, do you rub dog food in the butts of pepper or cat food? In the, what am I saying? Dog food. How <laughs> fast? Is there cat food in the back of pepper? Do you know what? As soon as you put the papers down now, it's there. He knows they're there every week. Pavlov's cat. Yeah, Pavlov's cat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There we go. So, one more person that's not even thinking. That's just just doing going solid, like Hibble said. Not even thinking about it. Just doing solid. Well, these are all the cards which I have here. Look, I've got all the cards here with all that. So, and I and I shuffle when I when I put them down. I shuffle them, so I've no idea which where where they are. Uh, but yeah, he was he was super hungry. But the moment we put them down this afternoon, he was there before even the food was there. He was already waiting. <laughs> cat. So anyway, oh, he's coming in now. Here he comes. I can even scratch him. Right, Captain Metric. Let's go. It's gone for Bruno. There is a hmm. caveat. There is a caveat, and that is Iniacho is on eighty-two. He hasn't played yet this week. If Iniacho gets one return, he may go top. If he gets two returns. He will go top. What if he so gets that, injured? If he gets injured, then he'll disappear <laughs> off the thing completely because it'll, this thing takes into account whether the people are flagged or not. So, but yeah, um, Iniacho is very, very close. Interestingly enough, Iniacho is a, quite a distance ahead of Vardy for obvious reasons. Uh, Hibbo, we, can, we, we obviously know why. 
Um, but if we just look at the, the metric, we've run through it. So, well, okay. Um, so the first, oh, bloody cat, hang on a minute. Bloody cat. First, <laughs> let's look at it. You, you, brought, you brought the papers out and he came yeah. out and he's like, Where, where's my food? Actually, that's a great point. That's probably why he's there. Um, Pavlov's cat. So anyway, so we have Bruno, 83, Rashford, second, 82, Iniacho, also 82. As I've said, the caveat is he could go top. Put these numbers into context, and I like to do this now just to explain where we were last week. Kane was top with 84, but there was a multiplier in there for Kane of 1.75 because of his double game week. There's no multiplier there this week. So these are strong, stronger matchups. Than, can, I, than um, can I ask you a question here, Mariner? Of course. What um, if Greenwood were to make it make the metric i'm assuming he's not there because of rotation he hasn't played enough just, games he just missed out i think um i have to double check but in my other metric is right at the top so i think he was second hmm. I think he's second. and then and then my question i guess would be between greenwood and hianacho say hianacho gets a return He'll jump. I think I'm going to go with the, with the metric think, this week. Well, Iniacho goes to the top. I think I can't quite remember whether Greenwood was in front of Fernandez or behind. So what I'll do is I'll I'll post it up on uh, Twitter with with the rotation removed so that people can see the the full mm -hmm. list. But from the perspective yeah. of the match of this, the rule is 30. percent We have to <laughs> we have to make a rule somewhere. Um, who are you backing? Who are you backing this week? Who am I backing? Um, I, at this moment in time, I'm on Bruno. And the reason I'm on Bruno is because of the penalties, the number of penalties that Leeds concede. They've conceded uh, equal top number of penalties this year uh, at nine. So along with Stop. Liverpool and West Brom. So that's one reason why I'm, I'm going for that. I think he's involved um, enough. I think he may well be assisting the assister a little bit at the moment, which is a bit of a worry. But... I do still think that Bruno is a, a solid, I think he's still a solid captaincy pick, to be honest, this week. Um, how, about, how about you, Hibbo? I'll be honest, I haven't decided. Like I, no. I mean, look, I, that's my choice at the moment. I have to say, if Iniacho goes off tonight, I might well put it on Iniacho. I'm kind of funny, right? You know, and I, I know I've kind of talked to Nima about this, about, like, say, the whole concept of, like, a boss team and, like, you know, people, like, log under their FPL team on, like, a Monday morning and they set their team for the next week. I don't do that. I don't change my captain. I'm really superstitious about captaincy. I never move. I never move my captain or my vice captain until I've made my decision, and I haven't made my decision yet. So, like, hmm. usually, like the, the, the person like my go-to for captaincy is Chris Tan. Writes an article for Fancy Football Hub, and his article is just amazing. It's like it's no, like I, it's, 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 it well. it's 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 like my favorite article in the the FPL yeah. world, and it, yeah. I never decide my captaincy until I read that article, but. I think it's wide open this week, and I think we're going to see maybe three players possibly over a hundred percent in the EO. Yeah, I think he went. Bruno, with Salah. I think he went with Salah, didn't he, this week? He, maybe I haven't read it yet. You see, because I'm, I haven't I'm decided. I'm sure he did. I'm sure but, he did Salah, and I think his differential was in the actual. Right. I think. Well, I just, I, I, I just want, I just want that. You tweeted it. I read it. I know why, but I, I read I read all my stuff together. I tweet everybody first. I'm like a bot. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. 
Neymar's in. He's got. He's, 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 he's saying he loves the hat. How about my hat, Neymar? Yeah. <laughs> I threw mine away earlier on when when I was talking about John Stones. Um, very quickly, boys, because um, you know, obviously we want to move on, try and answer a few questions before we get out of here. Um, one thing I would mention again for the for the listeners, the fixture difficulty for Bruno is high. It's very positive, 118. So it's very green slightly better than Leicester's fixture, but that's before Leicester's results goes in tonight. So if Leicester do particularly well tonight, then that they could jump above that. And that's another reason why Ineacho could do well. Equally, if Leicester don't do well, he could drop the, the fixture difficulty could drop off a bit for the matchup and then he could fall away. So we'll have to see. I'll issue this again tomorrow because let's talk where it is now, but the captaincy choice for the metric will be once the Leicester game's in. It won't be before. Um, so whoever the, the, the metric takes will be on that basis. We do have some some news um, that FPL Match has just shared with us from Anfield Watch. Apparently, Nat Phillips and Curtis Jones are back in training today. Good news for you, Mary. <laughs> You're off the beach. Um, but Diogo Jota was not pictured in training ahead of Saturday's yeah. match. So a uh, little bit of a concern. I, I actually like Salah less without Jota. Yeah. I, I think that hurts Salah. I think uh, Firmino I, in there hurts him. I can see that. I mean, look, if you look at Jota and Salah in this met in the metric, you can't split them. Right. A virtually identical look. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's just one more return for Jota and just a slightly lower form or points expected points per game. And that's what brings them together. So they're very the same. Um, and I mentioned about TAA, and I, I got a question from, uh, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but anyway, so I added TAA in, um, and you'll see that it's quite a long way down, and that's because of the fixture difficulty. Look, 102, 102.7 for the defence against 113.2 for the attack. So that tells me that, you know, yes, they can do, yeah, they can certainly, I'm not saying TAA is a bad captaincy pick, I'm just saying that the way the metric calculates it, it doesn't it doesn't like him. It likes, to be honest, it likes Aspilicueta more, but I've took him out in a fit of disgust after <laughs> not being there from, from last week. Um, so that's the that's the metric. Um the last thing to look at is the differential. And the differential I've gone for this week is Mason Greenwood. I just think that he is a fantastic shout. Lucas Moura returned for his last week. I mean, look at his numbers. Again, credit to Fantasy Football Hub because I love these I love these graphics. So I, I stole it and dropped it on the screen today. But, you know, he, he really does. Despite what we've just said, I mean, the fact that I probably will captain Bruno. Look at those numbers. Um, do you know what I think is really like, uh, noteworthy in this? Bruno looks as if he's about 40 stone. Do you not look at the, the photograph like he looks? You know what he does, doesn't he? He looks as fat as me. He's, well, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it, Marner, for God's sake. Look, well, it's a fact. It looks like that he has a couple of chins hiding under that beard. That's it. It's, I mean, it's maybe the photograph. Maybe you want to have a word with the lads at Fantasy Football Hope and find a better photograph for him. They, they, might, they might have to send me to take photographs of him. <laughs> me and Neymar. If you did that, that'd be a photo. <laughs> but no, I mean, look at it. I mean, it's it, you only have to look at the graphic in the middle, blue over red. Look, that's the last six games, crazy. He is 
so much stronger on XPNA. So it's a question. Why why would you go Bruno over over Greenwood? Penalties. That's it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Penalties. It's an easy route to a, it's an easy route to a captain return, uh, in my view. Um, and I just think that there's tricky players. Uh, United have got tricky players. I think Leeds have a habit of diving in. They get themselves into bad positions. They're a habit of diving in. They'll give penalties away. And that's why I think um, I'm going with... That's why I think I'm going with Bruno. Nothing more. I think we agree. I think we agree, Mood. There's obviously the chance that he's potentially going to mess out. Now, I know because Martial's out. He's going to play more minutes than what he was playing before. He's obviously in great form, so there's less chance he's going to mess in the business form. Yeah. But I think with Bruno, there's obviously an element of FOMO here. And, like, added to the penalties where people... They, they look at the history of the player, like, you know, and the, all right, you're looking at his recent form, but you look at his history and you go, I think since Bruno's joined the league la, in the middle of last year, nobody can come close to him in terms of FPL. No. no. And you're looking at, he's potentially going to post a score amongst, like, like your FPL greats, like your kind of Lampard, kind of from Percy type players, which is, in his first full season, it's crazy, like, you know, so... Oh, I, although, I, I, for me, Greenwood wouldn't really be a captaincy. I'd be happy enough to own him. And the percentage gain I'm going to get from a differential would be enough for me. Would you captain I, Rashford over Greenwood? No. I, you know, I, I would say I, I might, captain, I, Ra- I, Sorry, I, I might captain Rashford over, over Bruno. I, 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 There's something. I don't, I don't like the Bruno pick. Um, mostly because so those, those Bruno stats of the past year, right, since he's joined the league, most of them have been without Pogba. And I wrote a piece yeah. a few months ago that, that Pogba's um, inclusion pushes Bruno to the left side. Um, and from that left side, he's, you know, he usually creates from the right side and then he kind of takes his own chances from the left. But with other p- players firing like Rashford, like Greenwood, um, like Cavani, Bruno has, has, you know, like you said, Mariner has been assisting the assister more. So that shift in positioning really turns me off about Bruno. I would captain Rashford and Greenwood uh, before I captain Bruno this week. Yeah, as I say, I'm just drawn to the penalties. It's, it's yeah. that reason for me. I just think there's a there's a route to at least, maybe at least one. Um, Do you know what I'm all surprised. Do you know what I'll say about that? It's like, you know, like people talk about the kind of Pogba thing and like when Pogba's on the side, Bruno maybe isn't. As good a fantasy option, but when Pogba was out of the side, United weren't as good a team. I, I think true. United, I think yeah. United click as a far better team, and I think I, I don't know. I think I think the sample's quite small for the whole Pogba thing. You know, let's see how it plays out. Would be how I would say, and like if I would look at it this week, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I don't think I have Rashford in my team. If I'm being completely honest with you, um, mm. I, I would maybe double on. Greenwood and Bruno, but then I yeah. look at them fixtures and I look at Leeds, Liverpool, Villa, Leicester are easier fixtures. You know, I I think I'm warming to that Madison move rather than the Greenwood. Actually, I'm wondering whether that might be the way to go. Although, like you said, if Kane's not, if if Kane is is not fit, then then the Vardy move. Because I mean, who else am I going to put in there? The Carpenter, you know. Oh. And he was, he was, when I was writing the article, I was maybe going to go as deep as Watkins and I had to have a word with myself. No, I'm the same. I, because, I mean, I've got Vidra, um, you know, fam, you know, Sean Dyche's favourite player, clearly, um, Ineacho and Kane. So at the moment, I've got a nice spread of, you know, I've got the price points to be able to move around still. It's okay. But if I, you, you, 
you take Kane out and put Watkins in, and then of course I'll have tons of cash. But then I just think that maybe, like you say, maybe Vardy is a decent, maybe maybe Vardy is a decent shout. Um, interesting, interesting times. Right, <laughs> one hour fifty-five, boys. We do talk a lot, don't we? Um, but it's great. I'll, I've enjoyed it. So, any question? Have you seen any questions in there, boys? Because I, I mean, I have to say, I just did dig through. So, uh, Nima asks if there's any love for Trossard in the captaincy metric. Uh, I wouldn't put him in. Right. Um, I do, I do like him as a pack this week, but I, I, like I just don't want to be brief here. Like you're looking at your team and you're going, you've got Jara, Langyard, Bruno. I don't have a spot in my mind for Trossard. Yeah. Like as good, as good as a pack as I think he is, maybe this week and next week and whatever. I don't, I don't have a spot for him. Like, hang on a minute, I'm just looking on the algorithm where he is. I, I agree. So, he doesn't, he doesn't. There, there's oh, so yeah. much competition for the midfield spot, so he just, he doesn't fit for me. <clears throat> Well, I'll, t I'll tell you the algorithms picked if this is of in any interest. So anyway, so forwards, it's picked Iniacho, Vardy, and uh, the sub is Watkins. It, Greenwood, Rashford, Fernandez, Havertz, and Jota. And defence, Pereira, Dunk, Veltman, Zuma, and TAA. Goalkeepers. Surya Goal. got Veltman, right? Goalkeeper Sanchez and Patricio. Hmm. So, but I didn't see, I mean, I think Trossard was about, the trouble is I very quickly got to three Brighton players in that metric because it loves the matchup, right? Because it's really, yeah. it really loves that number. So I think Trossard was quite high up and I tell you who else was quite high up as well and that was Welbeck. Hmm. Interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. But obviously, I can only pick three, so I've got to then leave. So I pick the top three out the out the numbers. But um, yeah, that's that one. Um, any other questions, boys? Or we... I think I think there was a few. Well, Aiden had asked about Mendy, and he's obviously got a goalkeeper problem. I think Martinez. I, I, th I just think, I think they've, got, they've got an extra game. Haven't they? He's got an extra game to play. I, yeah, you could just be done with Mendy and just get somebody like that. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Alex Reef was saying Kane Devardy in the carriage, a lot of uncertainty with injuries still. Sheffield United next. He's basically suggesting that if he plays the cup finals, he's maybe going to play Sheffield United. If I'm being completely honest, I can maybe see Kane playing the cup final with like an injection or something. If he can, do you know, I think cup final he would play in one leg. But I just think I just think we're going to, we're not going to get information in Kane, solid information, and we're all going to hold him. And I have a feeling he's just going to miss Sheffield United. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a question yeah. here from Jamie Baker, by the way. Another one. We always get one a week. Did you? Has anyone been? Have you been doing any homework whilst whilst Gabe was doing his article? I was. Mine's sauerkraut. <laughs> I thought it's sauerkraut i'm just sour i just i've just got a sour taste in my mouth from this week so every transfer is a sour taste so i'm going to go for sauerkraut i'm basically i'm basically going to be social son and i'm not going to be eating because i i think i'm going to be saving my transfer so social famously came out and says if if hungman's son was his son he, he wouldn't eat after throwing himself down or whatever as if he was shot like you know so that's going to be me this week. No food at the table. No transfer, maybe. But I know it's boring. I know it's boring. But if Jara's maybe not going to play and Langier's not going to play, I could be in bar. Like, you know, I but, you, well, if, if Phillips at least plays, I'll, I'm going to keep him. 
and I'm, I will double up on him this week, which will end in tears because he's going to have to play anyway. But then I don't know what to do. With, I, you know, I don't know what to do with him. It's just the fact I've got so many flags. I've got to go double Liverpool um, defence at the moment because I've got to get Trent in. I've no. I think uh, my my savoury dish is going to be since I, I don't eat meat, but one of my our favourite meals here is Impossible, the Impossible Burger, the that Impossible meat. So that, that's what mine's going to be. It's going to be an impossible uh, burger because there's no way I'm catching 100K. Um, so whatever I do is just impossible. It doesn't matter. I was thinking about something I really hate. So I was going to go with liver. Mm. I detest liver. I really do. There we go. Anyway, uh, what, are we, any other questions there? Uh, so there's a Trossard question. Son, here we go. Uh is it? Yak, yak, Dan. Uh, Son and Alonso to TAA and Greenwood. Trent and Greenwood. Hmm? Yeah. Ah, yeah. I like it. Do it. Okie dokie. Uh, and I think, I don't know if there's many more. If, if, unless you've seen them, otherwise we'll just, we'll no. just get out of here, boys. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah. No, Chelsea double or triple defence. A challenge now with two-shell roulette. I think there is, it's a challenge without two-shells roulette, personally. But I, I, I look, I've, how many times do I do it? I was back the wrong horse just recently, don't I? If Kepa's going to be starting, uh, don't double. I, I mean, if, with point. that uncertainty, I, and that's why, you know, I, I think Rudiger is still a good pick. He's still value. He's not expensive. Um, but with Kevin back there, you got to temper expectations. Absolutely. And another question there from Shailesh as well. Move on from Alonso? Possibly. It's, I don't know, like, you know, they, they don't have the worst faction this week. Like, you know, so I don't really know. I don't really know. I could move him on. You know, I'm kind of in half of my mind. I'm thinking, could I get Trent? The easiest way to Trent is by moving Alonso on. And see next week, Alonso is going to be a problem for me. You know, every week that moves on, I'm going to be thinking, oh, is Chilwell going to play in the Champions League? And is, you know, it's, it's, what it's kind of way is it they love your life? Like, you, know, it's it's just you don't need that. You don't need no. that shit. It's, there's enough shit flying around FPL without having to try and work that one out, in my view. If you can get to Trent, I mean, there's it's a no-brainer for me. No, I do. Um, FPL Masher, thoughts on a Patricio as a goalkeeper? Uh, you probably, should, probably should have done it two weeks ago. You know, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was, I was done it in the game week 31 wildcard, and I, I looked at the, the, like the Wolves double up, and even somebody asked me a question last week, and I kind of thought, I don't know about the Wolves double up, even against Sheffield United, I kind of thought, I'd maybe diversify your Oscar wee butt there. Jesus, it's pulled up trees for anybody, I don't know. Yeah, he is, he's going to go crazy for the rest and for the rest of the season. It was never, he was never going to stay like he was, was he? Um, Raja, why would you, would you, who would you replace Mares with? 8.2 in the bank. He's got Sun, Salah, Lingard, and Rafinha. Who does, who does he want, Mares? I um, like Trent. It's, so who do you replace? Will you stick with Mares? I mean, did he play? Did he play? He played last night, uh, last night, didn't he? I think he did. I think he played. Looking, 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 at, looking at that, I would kind of say... Greenwood or Madison? Like, looking at me. Yeah. Like, they, Greenwood or Madison. Bit. Yeah, uh, maybe the two. I'll be looking at me, but I have a few points spared to yeah. throw about. Yeah, Robbo for Sun. Robbo, no, Robbo in soon. 
I don't stop, know about that. I stop being a stop being a cheapskate and just buy a fucking train. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see like FPL managers? Like, and I, I'm guilty of this, but everybody has been. I think it needs called out. FPL managers, they, they create a narrative, they fit their budget. So, if, if, if like you only have like a maximum 7.2 million to spend, you go, No, oh, I think Robo could be a great pick. And you're like, He's done, he's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing all year. Now, I'll tell you what, back on the score tomorrow because he's, he's going to just. He's going to score a 30 yarder or something after this now. Mariner's going to make another Nat Phillips, Phillips comment here. <laughs> we'll not cover Trent. No, I can't talk over that. What, point one out? <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh, I, I, of course, and then we had this discussion, didn't we? We said, oh, do we go Robbo instead? No. Well, that was actually wise. Yeah. That was wise. I don't think I, I'm not, I'm not too hot on uh, Robbo, to be honest. Um, FPL banger, Bruno or Salah, who is most essential this week? I hate that word, Siva. I'm going to agree with you. I, I hate it too. Neither, neither one of them is doing anything, but we all own them. Yeah, I mean, I think that, well, both of them could go, both of them could have a very, very good week. I think they're both very good captains, you shout. Maybe I've been burned too many times by Salah this season. I, I wouldn't. I'm, I, I'm about done with catching him. Five blanks I've had with him this year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be going on the game week without either one of them. No. So no, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in agreement there. No, I agree. I agree. All right, guys. I think that's. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll knock it on the head with the questions, and we'll get out of here. Um, been a long one, but it's been worth it. Um, Hibo, thank you very much, mate. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on and to work with your hammer to break this template and uh, you always come up with some real gems. Um, Gabe, nice to see you again. Thanks for the fancy nice dress. Thanks for the fancy dress. It's always good. I hope <laughs> this is really not on the beach because we do need some We do need some articles. But would you mind selecting a player who isn't injured next week? <laughs> I, I got something special oh. for next week. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, anyway, we'll read. I'm looking forward to Hibbo's article on Sigurdsson as well. Um, guys, I think that's it. Let's get out of here. Um, nothing much else to say apart from if you enjoyed uh, watching this, please do. If you don't already subscribe, please subscribe. Please hit the uh, like button. Leave us some comments if there's any positive feedback or negative. Quite frankly, we don't care. We'll answer it anyway. And also hit the uh, hit the bell for notifications. Uh, I'm back on Tuesday morning, my time, which will be following up on the Leicester Palace game with Nima to do the um, Compass show. Uh, you'll find Gabe's article on allaboutfpl.com. You'll find Hibbo's uh, template article on Fantasy Football Hub. You'll find Gabe at FPL Lens, Hibbo at Hibbo underscore FPL, myself at FPL Mariner, both on Twitter and Instagram. And apart from that, there's not a great deal else to say apart from, please, FPL gods, would you mind being just that little bit kinder? Just be kind to of old ancient mariner sat here. <laughs> I, I need a bit of help. Thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for coming uh, on. It's been a great chat as usual, and we'll see you all really soon. Bye bye. Good luck.